Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody, welcome. It's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke, coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooks at New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us right here on Facebook or YouTube if you're watching us live, or if you are listening to this after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, basically wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs> I'm Pastor Padrone. I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul, Pat, and Dave. Yeah, yeah. And tonight we have two very special guests with us. We have Akil Capisi, right? Did I say that right? Capasi. 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 Capisi, but we'll say Capasi because yeah, as long that's as what alcohol, the man says. As long as alcohol. <laughs> the president and founder of Regis Cigars with us and mm-hmm. his New England rep, Edgar, who's been on the show before. Thank you for coming back, Edgar, and yes. thank you, Akil, for being with us tonight. This is yes, awesome. Yes, thank you, thank you so awesome. much, man. Thank you very much. I know, a, 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 what was it, maybe a couple of months ago, we thought about having, you know, doing a Skype in with you, and then we found out you were going to be able to be in town, and so uh, yeah. Edgar said, if you're willing to wait, I can get him there on the show live, and we said, well, yes. 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 <laughs> Steady Eddie here. So thank you very much for taking the time out to yeah. be with us tonight. Absolutely. We're very honored. Yeah, it's very my honored, pleasure, man. really. Pleasure yeah, is man. mine as well. Yeah, oh, well, I'm uh, glad you feel uh, good about yes. that, Gert. That <laughs> <would be awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> this was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I never... Ran away from a fight, so <laughs> bring it on, buddy. I, I never I, ran I, away from yeah. a fight. I always prefer doing things in real life yeah. <laughs> right. than doing yes. it over a computer. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. ILR, it's, it's yeah. uh, better. It's, uh, and yeah. uh, we are smoking one of uh, the Regis Black cigars, mm, and uh, yeah. this is the Grandito size. It's a Churchill 7x47 Nicaraguan Puro. You want to tell us a little bit about this cigar in particular? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's a classic. Uh, do I look at you or the camera? You can do whatever, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, look yeah, at me. Yeah. Look at the camera. Everybody's looking at you out there, Brilliant. man. So, <laughs> thank you. Um, so, yeah, classic. Randy. <clears throat> well, quite. Um, sorry, I've got this. Be um, one of those does this count as uh, one portion of my fruit and veg? Yes, it does. One portion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you have to have seven a day, supposedly. Anyway, this is a. Uh, now you need um, six. Well, yeah, exactly. well, cause, you know, I, I, I'm bloody drinking this and I've got mint in my teeth. But anyway, yes, um, yeah, it's very minty. good. By the way. So it's minty. seven by 47, uh, Tibble Cuban Churchill uh, size. Um, actually really like it because with this particular size, you can smoke it a little bit slower than you would with a bigger cigar. And it still stays lit. It's got a great flavor progression in the cigar and uh, it starts smooth. It builds up. Uh, none of that harshness or uh, pepper or spice or anything and a great build-up and uh, you know the good thing about this cigar is you know you can put it down you know 
when you want. So, um, you know, if you're not quite done with it, you can smoke it till the end. But if you've had enough, you can uh, lay it down early. So um, a real, a really versatile cigar, good for people who, you know, may not smoke a lot. And it's also good for people who, you know, want an hour to uh, enjoy after dinner. Um, you know, some rum or this vegetable drink. <laughs> no, it's very good. Seriously, thank you. Speaking Mojito. of vegetable drinks, uh, Pat, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what it is we're having tonight oh, there yes. with this yes. cigar? What is this vegetation? So <laughs> I prepared a mojito tonight because my experience having the Regis Black Band, it has a really nice Cubanist flavor profile, so I thought what better pairing to do than your traditional Cuban beverage. Mm. So I used, it's a uh, three plantation, Paul? Three star plantation. Uh, three plantation, star plantation. Three, yeah, yeah, three star, yeah. Which is a white star. rum. I did uh, two ounces of that. I did quarter of an ounce of lime juice, and then I muddled fresh uh, mint leaves, 10 to be precise, if anyone cares. And then I put... <laughs> is that just in one glass? Yeah. <laughs> and then I poured um, soda water on top of it, and then the traditional way of doing it is just keeping the mint in there. So that's kind of why we did it this way. We had the option of separating it, but I was like, you know what? It's going green. Yeah. Great, so great, actually, great job, this, uh, by the way, Pat. You know, and, and matches my shirt. Can I, like. can, I, can I just uh, say, this is, sure. for me, a great palate cleanser. Mm. Um, yes. Very fresh. It's got the booze in it, but it's just... It, it's not, uh, you know, I, I don't like eat, drinking orange juice with my cigars because, mm. you know, Healthy. it's too acidic. Yeah, it, it's not, you know, it jars with it. But this mm. is just fresh and crisp enough that mm. it cleans your palate. And, you know, it's almost like a sorbet, I'd say. It's, it's very, mm. very yeah, good. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime. That's yeah, actually you, really Pat, good. Yeah, much. good job, Pat. Salute. 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 Oh, yeah. Cheers. Salute. Cheers, Salute Cheers, to Pat. Man. Yes, thank you. So, potion probate. Potion probate. Potion probate. Oh, that is uh, refreshing. Yeah, and it's veg vegetables too. That's very good. Garnish. Mm. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, comedian uh, who's no longer with us, God rest his soul, John Panette used to say that uh, salad isn't food. A salad is a promontory note that food will soon arrive. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. I think that's very true. Or as I say, it's what my food eats. You're eating my food. That's, you know, for all the vegetarians out there, you know, there this you is go. vegan. You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so is yep. this. No animals were harmed in the making of this. Well, if, yeah. If, yeah. Like, <laughs> by the way, if I offend people, I apologize. Pizza friendly. Offend away, my friend. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> No, I'll get <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's perfectly okay to offend people. Yeah. It's, it's, I just don't know okay. half the time. You know, there's so many rules now. You, know, you have to be so careful. So, you know, uh, you know, let's be honest. Uh, Edgar's been around so long. Everybody knows who he is. But, you know, uh, Akil, you're not you're not often here. You're you're traipsing around the world and everything. You want to tell us yeah. a little bit about yourself? Where you're from? Where yep. are you now? What what's what's uh? Oh. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you got here. Well. Uh, they let me in the country, which is great. So that's the first thing. Um, I was born in the UK. Um, yeah. You know, started smoking cigars there and, uh, you know, I guess lived the first uh, 22 years of my life there. And uh, since then, I went, I've been to Nicaragua, I've been to Hong Kong, selling cigars there and, um, the, you know, been around this country a lot. And, uh, you know, I, uh, 
you know, we were talking earlier and you said, you know, why'd you get into it and all the rest of it? Well, let me tell you, I wouldn't change this for the world. I've seen some incredible places in this country and around the world. I've played golf at the best courses and eaten at the best restaurants, all in the guise of doing business. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really a privilege to be here. So again, thank you for having me. And, you know, I assure you, nothing I say is worthwhile, but um, <laughs> I'll try and be as eloquent as possible. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, there might be some nuggets there that you can pick up on. Well, the accent's going to help a lot. Yeah, well, I try. Although, <laughs> <laughs> uh, curiously, um, it's funny. Um, I was talking to this. I was talking to this girl once, and she said, "Oh, where are you from? I like your voice." And I said, uh, "I'm from England." And she said to me, "Oh, no way! I thought you said you were from London." So <laughs> it's all it's all very interchangeable. You know? Is that the kind of girl you want to hang around with or not? We don't know. Well, I don't know in the biblical sense. <laughs> so you, you kind of already hinted at it, but but when mm. did, when did you get into cigars? So uh, I was twenty in my early twenties. Mm -hmm. um, curiously, there is a bit of a time lag, um, as I'm sure you'll understand. Uh, between going to Nicaragua, where I went, just to see what's going on, and then actually coming out with a cigar. Mm -hmm. uh, it took me about a year and a half. And um, it was mainly in Nicaragua that uh, I had a very good time and, you know, got into the Caribbean culture and all mm -hmm. the rest of it. Um, but that's when I did come out with the, the Regis, and I made it for the British market um, because a lot of the cigars I was smoking when, you know, in a previous life I was working in the financial markets mm -hmm. um, in the UK, and a lot of the cigars I was smoking um, were good, but some of them were, you know, maybe a little inconsistent. And I always felt that, you know, I've always been a wine drinker and I've always been a scotch drinker. And I've always felt that, you know, French wines are great, but are they really worth the premium? And, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I ordered a French wine at a restaurant. Mm. Um, I love scotch, you know, single malt, but, you know, the Japanese, the Indians, the Taiwanese, they're making great stuff these days. And I always felt mm. in the UK, which is still a Cuban heavy market that I, you know, uh, there was maybe room for something else. And, you know, I, I wanted to make a cigar that uh, had all the characteristics of a traditional blend, sort of a Cuban style cigar with that build up and, the smoothness and the nuance and the complexity without the pepper, without the spice, um, but made in a different country. So mm. that's what I tried to do. And, you know, I've been doing pretty well uh, ever since in the UK. And, you know, the cigar got somewhat popular in the United States, so, you know, over here. And, you know, this, uh, this country's uh, given me a lot. So uh, I'm always, you know, grateful. And, uh, you know, that's why I released my red, white and blue lines, Tribute mm -hmm. to America. Mm. Uh, three, America. three, four years ago. Well, no, actually five, six now. But um, and and let me let me just speak about that briefly. Sure. And so I've always, you know, I've been to Cuba before I come here, and uh, you know, a few times. And when I came to the United States and I went around, you know, I really understood the country a bit better. It's this is the place where everything's kind of made and born, right? From your iPhone to electric cars to, you know, everything's innovated here, you know? Mm -hmm. So, whereas Europe's more that heritage stuff, the traditional stuff. So with the red, white, and blue, I wanted to make something that had sort of that traditional, you know, flavor characteristics, but um, perhaps with a little bit more flair and a little bit more innovation. Okay. So that's why there's the weird sizes there and, 
mm. you know, the closed foot on the cigars and, and the weird shapes because they changed the flavor and all the rest of it. So, you know, that was really a hybrid blend for me between mm. the traditional and then the the more kind of, uh, you know, modern stuff you find in the U.S., like mm. the different shapes and, and all the rest and all that stuff. So, How is the blend different between the black and the, the U.S.? Um, so the U.S. Exclusiva, the red, white, and blue are, are, are aimed are different, uh, aimed differently. So, so I'll I'll, I'll go with I'll I'll explain uh, about those before I, I tell the difference, and it'll become clear. Okay. Yeah. So the red is rich and balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, the white is a bit more complex, um, shorter finish, but bigger range of flavors. So the red has more depth, right? And the blue is more like a Maduro okay mm. smooth yep. but it's still got it's got more strength to it so rustic exactly chocolatey it's a good word i like it um cocoa you know mm. so the <laughs> the difference between a, a cuban and nicaraguan <laughs> cigars <laughs> is that you know you've got the spice and the pepper in the beginning of a lot of new world cigars mm-hmm. um which the red white and blue don't have they've got the build up right mm-hmm. that you want but they have more strength to them and more going on so that was the idea the difference between the black which is more that traditional gotcha. you know, 100% sort of traditional style versus the red white and blue mm. which go in different directions and that for me was the essence of exclusivo usa which is how can i put my own spin on something that's innovative and yet maintains for me what the best of the old world is compared to you know the best of the new world right so that was the idea the hybrid blends um, and that's why i came out with red white and blue as my tribute to the united states that's awesome thank you yeah it does explain a lot sorry (laughs) no that was a good way to do it um now you you've already hinted you you started off really in in the financial world yeah and that's when you started smoking cigars and and presumably got the idea to to come up with something because you know of you know you were experiencing some issues with the cigars you were getting over there but how how do how does an englishman over there in the finance world end up with a multinational company of of his own brand of cigars i mean it's you know you say that it's a very grandiose way of putting it and it's great um but (laughs) the reality is different and i'll tell you um no and and we do well it's yeah i'm very lucky but um i've been very fortunate Mm. because when we first came out with the cigars in the uk the uh sales manager at hunters and frankel uh which just who distribute cuban cigars in the uk Mm -hmm. was retiring Mm. and i said you know do you we we've you know one of my uh friends actually knew him and uh we said you know do you do you want to last hurrah you know and cigars i don't care where you are you can't ever leave this business uk us hong kong wherever you are mm-hmm. you know he said yeah, yeah i'd love to you know and he loves going out there and you know we we do a really good business so mm-hmm. you know his name's john danton and and we teamed up and so day one we were profitable you know selling to some of the most storied retailers in the world mm-hmm. you know jj fox davidoff uh, mm-hmm. you know mitchell orchant who i who we make a private label for now and you know it sort of grew from there um and then obviously you know davidoff in london carry edward sahakian who's you know one of the the most famous retailers in the cigar business Mm -hmm. and then you know davidoff on madison avenue and that sherman and all those guys 
you know, back when that Sherman was around, you know, they, they were one of my first clients here. But, you know, I look at that and I think it was a very weird way of going around it because I was selling cigars in Hong Kong before I was selling anything in the United States. Mm. Um, now, this is the country where you make your name in the cigar business. So, yes. you know, it's 80% of the world's non-Cuban cigar, you know, consumption and call it ego or whatever you want. But... You know, I kind of want to be recognized for doing something productive. So, <laughs> uh, aside from all this drinking. There's nothing and, wrong with you know, that. It sounds more human than okay. I am. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not sure, you know. I mean, I know some people are happy with, you know. But I, you know, I want to bring this product out because I believe in it. And, sure. Um, you know, how I was lucky um, with the way things started and the way things went. You know, Edgar, obviously, uh, you know, probably, honestly, you look at the sales force that we have somehow, and it's probably arguably the best sales force in the business. Mm. You know, they know what they're doing. They've been around and, you know, again, I, in an industry where you don't need any qualifications to get into it, okay, <laughs> it, you can you can have $10 in an iPad and call yourself a cigar rep, right? Mm -hmm. You don't even need to speak English to manufacture cigars, right? Like, there's very low barriers to entry. Mm. Um, but quality, I think, just shines through at the sure. end, you know. So, you know, this guy sitting next to you, you've had him on a few times, represents some of the biggest brands in your humidor. And it's, yeah, it's it's really... About a third of what we have on the shelf is Edgar's yeah. thing, I think. Well, this right, is what I'm well, saying, yeah. Or at one time or another. <laughs> Don't get him started on this. <laughs> at one time or another, it was probably more like two-thirds. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what it is, though? It's, it's a quality and experience and, you know, again luck but also i think the product's good so yeah absolutely you know, when you say multinational cigar company yes it is but you know our cigars really they're not even a mass market product you look at general cigars versus general motors right and you'll see you know that's what where the business is at you know <laughs> i mean what is it in the 1920s it there was 20 times as many cigars sold in this country or something yeah I mean, well i mean going back to 724 back Mm. And at and in the uh, original factory's heyday, which was right down the street, yeah. uh, like just a few miles from here in Manchester, they were producing eighty million cigars a year. Mm -hmm. That's more than today, you know. And, That's crazy. Uh, Placencia, I believe, and Placencia makes your cigars yes. for you, correct? Yeah. Uh, the last I heard, you know, they make cigars for, I think, forty other brands plus their own, and it's probably grown since the last time I heard that, which was a couple of years ago. You know, the last time I heard, they were making $40 million a year. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, okay, so there's more do dollars in this business than ever before, pounds or whatever you want to call it, because cigars, before you could get, you know, a good five-cent cigar, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was back in the day. But, you know, the quality is definitely better, and you, you feel, oh, you know, yes. the, the weight of the cigar. It's definitely more of an experience. and. I always say um, a a good cigar, like, you know, we were we were just uh, driving to get here and, you know, McDonald's now is paying bloody $15 an hour, you know? So if this cigar, what is this in your place? Like, I don't even know. What is it? You pay eight, for it. Eight, $8.75. $8.75. I think yours might be too cheap, but <laughs> $8.75 here, right? Which is, you know, what is that? Uh, Three-fifths, so what 40 minutes mm -hmm. of work on the minimum wage to buy this mm. you know 
So when that tells you is that, yes, America's a rich country, but this is better value. Sorry, I've shit the bed here. That's okay. It, this is better value then now than it was then, mm. okay, in terms of, you know, you go to a bar or you go to, you know, a restaurant and you're not going to get out there for, you know, less than $100, $150, right? So, right. you know, you have to look at it all relatively. And I know we're having this discussion before, but... Well, yeah, because you know, but five and ten yeah. cents back then bought you a yes. lot more than... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, inflation is a very topical thing right now. Oh, and, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Come on, man. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't want to get political. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, let's, uh, now that we've had a chance to smoke it a little bit, I, I'd like to go around and see what people think of the cigar and, and the uh, pairing with the mojito here. Uh, why don't we just go down the table? Paul, you want to start? Well, first of all, I'm a huge fan of the black label. And it is one of the few cigars that I can honestly say is a true Cubanesque type. Uh, it starts off like a mild to medium and builds richness as you're smoking it. So I pick up a lot of uh, earthy, woody, floral, sweet, creamy sweet. Mm. Um, nice spice uh, on the palate, but a nice rich spice in the retrohale. Um, so it's super smooth. And again, as I'm smoking it, more of those rich flavors are coming through. With the drink, uh, the mojito, I think it's bringing out the sweet floral notes more for me, yep. uh, with a little bit of an earthy background. So I think it's an absolutely fantastic complimentary pairing. Pat, Pat Wente, excellent job tonight, my friend. This is your idea to do this, and uh, <laughs> yes, kudos, kudos. So I think it's been a, 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 it's a great pairing, and I do agree with you, Akil. I think it actually is a palate cleanser. Yeah, because it is allowing the palate to be uh, refreshed every time you have it, and allows those great flavors from the cigar to come through. Well, mm -hmm. If you do see green in our teeth, that's also that's <laughs> <laughs> New Hampshire thing. That's the veggies. Yeah. <laughs> veggies, yeah. So, no, no. You're, yeah. I so I would agree, and I'd also go a stage further, which to say is, when when someone says palate cleanser, what they're saying is, it. It's a contrast, right? So that way, you know, some people, you know, when I'm tasting cigars, I'll, you know, sometimes have milk, right? Right. Um, but it's, it, it just, because your palate will remember the last last thing it's had. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it changed, it's a different flavor, but it's not an offensive palate cleanser. No. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yes. Get that, yeah. But it's, yes. you know, it's not like you're having orange juice or, you know, whatever else that people drink, you know, or even some fizzy drinks. But, you know, I... You know, yeah, I, I would not. There's nothing minty or limey about the cigar, but the, <laughs> but the, well, there's lime in the drink. Limey, limey. Yeah, limey. Yeah, All right, yeah. we'll All just right. we'll go there, limey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it does. It does. I, I see what yeah. you're saying. That those those yeah. flavors, though, really really but do kind of and, and I, back just, up the palate. I'm just going to say this. I would never ever have picked a mojito to pair with any cigar. So <laughs> this is just. Pat's very young and experienced. No, no, but this is refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> is there a center yeah. on this thing? I can, <laughs> can I just say, this is quite remarkable. Like, Thank I mean, you. I would never have expected it to be like this, but it's just a, a little bit of that sweetness, that mm. little hint of acidity just cleans it, and then, mm -hmm. you know, and you've got a very heavy right hand. Well, which the, spiciness really the, <laughs> the spiciness yeah. of the cigar, it just enhances that. Uh, you know, sweetness of the, the liquor or the mojito, that is. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. So uh, right. I concur with Paul in uh, in terms of creaminess and the spiciness. Retro hail on this is phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, um, it's it's not offensive at all. Some 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 cigars you retro hail on it, it's like, whoa, your eyes will water and everything else, but not, <laughs> not this cigar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but it's this is absolutely great pairing with the mojito. Um, but great job, yeah. thank you. And um, I've actually have the remnants of a bourbon here, and I always I had this just in case. But <laughs> 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 I I do actually like I'm amazed. Like my hand is reaching for this. <laughs> um, you know, I truly cheers. Thank you. Yeah. Aww. Aww. Bonding. His head's now gotten twice as, <laughs> as big as it was before the show. Tremble. It's not gay. Oh, my gosh. And on the 15th of November, okay. his head grew two sizes that day. <laughs> uh, so, Pat, before your head gets too big to talk, what do you think about the uh, cigar and the pairing here? So, like I was saying, like, before the show, like... The cigar is great. But Regis kind of has, like, this nice, like, you know, kind of... I don't know how to explain yes. it, but it, it was the yes. first ever box I bought when I was 17. Wow. So, you, were so, you can't say that shit. That was, that was back when you... Oh, yeah, it wasn't true. from here. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't from here. So Your father bought it, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> And it was the, the blue labels. And I really enjoyed it. And, you know, the early days of me smoking, that's kind of what I reminisce in, is having that box. Well. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's... Like, I've always enjoyed having them. You know, it has like that, like elegant, silky smooth, little oily wrapper to it. It has that nice Cuban feel. It's a Cuban side cigar, so you know, a lot of Churchills in the market, I feel like a little bit thicker gauged, and I prefer more of those smaller gauge. So like the size to me, just like you know, hits it nail on the head. In this, you know, it has a nice creamy texture that kind of coats your palate. Has some nice subtle like baking spice in the retro hail. Some nice woody <laughs> notes, baking which spice. you know really does reminisce a. Cubanist cigar, and you know, for eight seventy-five, whatever it is, I think it's you know, exactly what people want. Really reasonable price, and you can really suggest it to people. So, so don't give him that; he'll go up a dollar per cigar. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've got. Um, there's a couple of blue labels there. I'm gonna give you one or two. I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate that. You, thank you. Thank you. Let me tell you, man. This keep and who says brown nose and keep it coming. I tell you something, man. That you know, as long as it keeps the drinks going, you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got some more mint left, you know. Yeah. yeah. Just pick some out of your teeth. Keep the, the drink. He get you. You have the drinks. He get the cigars. Yeah. Yeah. Bottle away, Pat. Where this ends up. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, what about you? Um, I'm like astonished about how creamy and how smooth it is. The retro hail is just as creamy and smooth, and the, the wood notes and a little bit of cedar um, is just so well mel melded together and blended. Uh, this is absolutely a treat. Thank you. And the mojito really kicked it off. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, I really think the mojito yeah. is bringing out a lot of the, the flavors in the cigar. Sometimes the drink um, goes along with the flavors or mutes some or heightens some and puts some others down. This seems yeah. to be it's a good because thing. I think you're right. It it is it, it is kind of uh complementarily clearing the palate yeah. 
It's like uh, a complimentary it's, it's, contrast. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's, very it's really bringing out a lot of the all, almost all the flavors that I had. Uh, I had one of these earlier this afternoon, mm -hmm. and I'm just mm, I seem to be enjoying <laughs> those flavors even more. Mm -hmm. um, Earth, the leather, the black pepper, the natural sweetness and creamy finish. Yeah. It's really fantastic. Yeah, this is one of the most interesting pairings I've had mm. because it's it doesn't seem like it would go, but it's yeah. for me a cigar and a and a drink is like a a, a dance almost. You know, it's mm -hmm. like one Very one so. does this, one does that, and it complements. Whereas this is almost going in a different direction, but not too much. So it creates a very interesting dynamic um, between between the the cigar and the drink, and it's that really a really lot well like done. Pat, actually. No, no, no. It really this is quite amazing. I know you I guys think I'm talking shit, whatever. Bit, but... Yeah, but that's okay. No, you know, it's Whoa. like a sorbet between, and I always thought sorbet. that was a bit of a French thing, you know, like, but, you know, I'm not going to say anything about the French, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. Yeah, but it's, I'm wearing a French scarf for Christ's sake. But the, uh, but the, uh, no, I've always, I always felt like, you know, you don't want to, you know, continentals, it's different, you know, but I've always, I always thought, you know, brown liquid with, you know, scotch burn mm. or whatever you want to call it with a mm. cigar and it's just got the sweetness, the caramel. You know, I would never drink a vodka. I don't like gin with a cigar because it's too much uniform. God bless you. Much. I'm sorry if that offends anyone. Oh, no, Dave, Dave, you just this. made Dave's good list. <laughs> no, because it's true. You don't want that sort of gin or an Aperol Spritz or a Negroni, yeah, something want, like that. I want That's, vegetables that, with my tobacco. Uh, well, it's an aperitif, right? Mm. Uh, you've got the... You know, it's too sweet. Not, yeah, it's not just sweet, but it's it's also whether it's fizzy or it's just a refreshing drink. And I don't think refreshing drinks go well with cigars generally, like orange juice, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's always got to be a coffee or it's got to be a bourbon or a scotch. But this is refreshing, and yet it's pops got, the it, cigar. It really pops the got cigar. Got the magic. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. You know. Mm. Did you have a? Did you have a mojito ever before? What? Have you ever had a mojito before? A few times. Yeah, and you, you did have a good experience with it. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, in Cuba. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, I, oh, that you want me to, this is funny. Um, I was actually in Havana. I was 20 years old or something. I think 20, 19, 20, one of those. Mm. Anyway, I um, went on a trip. Actually, this was, um, yeah, this was not good because it was a few weeks before my finals. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listen and, closely, Pat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a few weeks away from mine right now. Really? Yeah. And um, what? Law school. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing over here, mate? It's relaxing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on. Uh, oh God, bless. Oh my. Well, my lawyer's represented me since he was in law school, so I always believe in young people and. No, God bless you, man. If you need another one, let me know. Yeah. What kind of law? What kind of law? I don't know. Yeah, I want to do so. Those internships with cigar litigation, I'm gonna kind of look into, but I'm yeah. kind of all over the place. Whether joining the Air Force and being a JAG or doing something with cigars, I'm still kind of deciding. Yeah. Well, we, we digress, but you know, give me your card. Hopefully, I can hook you up with something. <laughs> you know? But um, no, the the mojito situation. Got a JAG. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so the yeah the mojito situation. Uh, I was Let in Cuba this be once. Your pastime. You can't yeah. handle the truth. I agree. But um, well, make your money and spend it, right? But um, yeah, I, I had a mojito in uh, Cuba. Yeah. And uh, these the mojito actually they imported the mint 
Well, mm. it's supposed to be this thing called huerba buena, which is literally translate to uh, good herb. It's mm. not mint. Um, but they were importing mint from the United States because they just didn't have any of it. And, mm. you know, I remember I was drinking this thing and, you know, they, you know, they muddled it, did all that. The guy presented it to me. It was Hotel, Hotel Inglaterra in, in, uh, in Havana and... Um, just you know green stuff in my teeth and <laughs> you know it, it kind of been very attractive but you know it, it was interesting and I, I found it interesting actually because one of my uh, customers in the UK was a partner in uh, a famous bar in Havana at the time and he was telling me how they couldn't get mint for their mojitos really yeah the Floridita <laughs> you know where they've got the Hemingway statue in the right 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 yeah so they could not get mint for their for their drinks so they were bring it all in and uh, you know now I'm going to say something a little controversial here oh you're supposed to use a light rum in a mojito mm. I really do prefer a dark one and I'm sorry about that I know you're not <gasps> supposed to mix a seven-year-old but I do appreciate that the first time I had dark rum in a mojito was a Bayesian rum <clears throat> Mount Gay from Barbados mm -hmm. and um, I've always preferred a little bit more sort oh, of yeah. depth to it yeah, yeah but yeah you know what? Sorry if I've offended anyone. Please write to my lawyer. <laughs> 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 Who made me this light rum drink? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're so, fired. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Trump's? You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. You're fired. Well, this is your last presence on the talk show. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> not, not just blowing smoke. Yeah. You, you just re you just revoked your uh... yeah, privileges. Yeah. yeah. Has been removed from the panel. <laughs> <laughs> the meeting of the minds. Mm. Yeah. But no, I, I, Cuba's great. Mm. Uh, you know, back in the day, you know, I remember, and you know, I, I'll tell you a funny story. Actually, the person who told me to go there, right? Um, and this will probably, you know, connect with what you know. I know that you said you wanted to speak about was actually a friend of mine who happened to be a female at the time. Went to university together. A female at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? Female, <laughs> female at time. Just, well, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. these days, you know. Yeah. Well, we haven't we haven't got. Bobby's that. now Bob. <laughs> I've had experiences of that with clients, you know, and they. Uh... You mean Bob? Bob uses Bobby now. <laughs> Either way, you know. Yeah. But she, uh, she actually Bob told is me. Bobby, but. She... She still been, has a stinger. She, she, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, little poke in that joke. Uh, well, you know, if you're going to do it, commit. You know, chop it off. <laughs> oh, God. Well, uh, when I was in Thailand, my friend. Oh, we're going anyway. to yeah. Um, But yeah, she told me she'd been to Cuba um, and she said, oh, you should go. You really like it. And um, she's she's actually the one who. who uh, encouraged me to go there said oh you know i don't want to go to a third world country and all this stuff you know i don't like you know but i actually did enjoy it mm. and um you know i uh it's very interesting because she smoked cigars and you know introduced me to cigars curiously enough i mm. was 19 years old yeah and uh we're just sitting there in my room and my room just smelled of cigars at the time <laughs> and she's like That's yeah a good you know. room oh yeah it was fun um but a lot of fun. I had an entire bar and, mm. you know, obviously the teachers didn't like it. Actually, I had a professor living the floor below me who 
you know, kept hearing mysterious bangs in the middle of the night. And <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she, she went upstairs and she said, you know, you're meant to be studying. I saw your curtains closed at <laughs> midday, you know, sleeping off the night successes. And she said the demon drink would get me in trouble. But, you know, I'm pleased to report the demon drink has done quite well for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, God bless America. But no, that one's got to. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I've made a decent living, uh, you know, drinking and smoking. And, but uh, no, I, uh, you know, had a nice bar and, you know, had my, had some cigars there and, you know, we'd smoke cigars and I'd really got to appreciate cigars and, you know, a bit of casual sexism here and I hate to do it, but it was because of a female. Mm. So, um, you know. Yeah, it's... casual sex sucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, shit. All right, let me change the subject here a little bit and bring us right back around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now. So, so yeah. you get introduced to cigars, you, you fall in love with them, you end up, um, you know, doing doing your company and and yeah. uh, you've kind of almost said you kind of did things a little bit backwards you went everywhere else but america and then you know but, but how I saw how the light. how how involved are you in the in the blending process with these cigars i mean you know obviously some people like kurt yeah you know are more about here's what i'm looking for send me some samples he's got the the ultimate palette you know, and, and knows what he wants. When he finds it, he, he's got something really great. Other people like to go down there and get their hands dirty and learn the whole thing themselves. Where where in that um, uh, process are you? Uh, I'm, on, I'm on the very edge, which is the going down there and, and doing it because... Mm. You know, getting I've done... very dirty. <laughs> dirty. Oh, dirty boy. <laughs> very dirty. Uh, very dirty. Uh, you know, I, I like to uh, grab hold of the situation. You know? <laughs> but no, the... Uh... Very casual yeah. with this tobacco. Exactly. Yeah. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that... Uh, <laughs> that James Bond film where he started in there? Uh, you know, they, he gets a coin. He says, "You know, I'm a bit of a tight spot here." You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, um, that's do do, Let's do be, do. be professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like to, uh, you know, uh, be hands-on. <laughs> well, in, in another, in another word, he, he, he blends all his. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no i do I, I go down there and i honestly i've made better cigars than i sell but i just don't have enough tobacco to you know that's the only, that's the stuff you know because you mm. can make something incredible and then you know you ask the blend you ask the not the blend the the good the roller and you say listen you know how much of this do we have how much of that figure it out and oh we don't have a, much of this so you realize that you know, you put it out, the first run will be great, and then people will start buying it, and then, you know, then they say mm -hmm. the cigar's changed, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have to be super careful with that. Blendy, blendy, blendy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I made better cigar, like the Reserva that, you know, we just released. Um, it's been received really well, but it will never be a massive production cigar because the tobacco is just so scarce, and mm -hmm. I don't have enough of it. And that's fine, you know, there's time and a place for that, but... No, you know, there is, and time can change too. Sometimes, you know, yeah. you might be able to create more of it. So, but at least you got it. So, tell us a little more about the Reserva. Oh, uh, Reserva is the best cigar I've ever made. Uh, so, 
obviously think Bolivar, you know, okay. the, the old Cuban number twos, Bellicosos. They have that floralness, kind of similar to the floralness in this, actually, mm. in the drink. Um, but more of a hint at the end. It's got that meaty taste. It's got a great build-up to it. So darker um, rum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, no offense. I'm not saying one way or the other, but it, it really is the most three-dimensional cigar I've ever made. And what I mean by that is, do you think this has a build-up? Wait until you smoke that. It just starts so smooth and, you know, butter and cream and nuts, and then it builds up into chocolate and cocoa, raspberries, and it just really it's an experience you know and i i, I stand by that cigar as it's my masterpiece mm. you know that's well, fantastic in actuality oh, there's sorry. uh then uh there's one uh one person we know he got a few boxes of the reserva and he smoked five six cigars back to back to back and then he reached out to akil he goes how about me how about you making that cigar just for me mm. As a personal cigar, yeah, a retailer, <laughs> real retailer, yeah. it was not good. Wow, yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's. I'm, I mean, when I get compliments like that, I just honestly. That's that's the. It's that's, worth more than money. Yeah, you know? yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have a question. Uh -oh. So, <laughs> so right, Pat, let me see. I want to cross examine here. <laughs> so. If two trains are trains. When... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. So we can use the black label, for example, or you can expand on it to your other lines. But when you get a definitive idea of what you're looking for in a cigar, when you're blending and having samples, what is kind of your backing when you're sampling, saying, like, this isn't what I want, this is what I want, like, this is the make or break, this is what I'm looking for, this is how I want to change it, et cetera? Yeah, uh, good question. So I take a step back. I haven't released anything in three years. Why? Because I'm not going to release things for the sake of releasing them, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to just go, oh, yeah, let's do this winter yeah. edition. You know, it's got to be something special. <laughs> yeah, don't make a cigar, put it against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's got to be something special, some a tobacco I find or something, or maybe some food you eat or a cigar you smoke or something you drink and it inspires you to reach another level. Yeah, absolutely. And totally that, agree. Yeah. Awesome. And that, and that is... You know the reason I was I was thinking okay well now you know I wanted I want to make something that is like this right mm -hmm. and and that's that's the way that I always do my blending which is I try and I don't just make I don't say oh I need to make a cigar and try and make something right I always try and make something to a specification and if people don't like it that's that's good because if you make a cigar for everyone you make a cigar for no one because not everyone's gonna like everything. Right, but as long as you reach what you want with the objective that you have, you know that some people really love it, and that's the key. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes, makes sense. Perfect sense. Yeah. So, does that answer? What was your question again? <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, sorry. <laughs> what? So, how many samples do you think you go through before you? Oh. make a decision and obviously the answer would be as many as needed but yeah it's got a kind of ballpark it um well the first cigar i made it was a week and it was probably 200 right but now you have more experience you know the blue label i didn't even need a sample i just i made 10 cigars and one of the ones i smoked was was that good and i even second guessed myself i remember because we were there and 
you know, I kept trying stuff and it wasn't as good. I said, you know what, this is what I want. And I was just surprised at myself because why would it come so quick, right? But sometimes the answer is staring in the face. Yep. You mm -hmm. know, and you have to you have to not be confident. And whatever you do, just be confident because there's a reason that if you have ability in doing something that, you know, you can reach a certain level, right? And it's important not to second guess yourself and, and say, oh, well, I got it too quickly, so maybe it's the wrong answer and then go back, yeah? So that's that's one extreme. But on average, like with the Reserva, for example, you know, I've got some experience in making cigars at this point. So I know roughly what goes with what and how, how it all works. So, you know, I probably say I did 15 different blends on that, you know, different iterations. And then I'd wait a couple of days and make the three that go in different directions again and then smoke those back to back and see, okay, am I sure? And the problem with cigars is when it's your job, you can't enjoy it. You're really thinking and analyzing and understanding. Yeah, right. You know, you're going into different dimensions that, a normal person wouldn't even do right so it's like a piece of art where you know you look at some pieces of art like uh you know like a degas or a miro or a you know uh, okay a van gogh or whatever it is and you see it and you think you know this is the what the artist wanted to do and a lot of these uh, pieces have got marketing value and they're famous right but it's all about context and understanding what the artist is trying to do right so if you go too deep into that you end up confusing yourself mm -hmm. so my thing was okay i'm trying to create something here how can i do it and when you reach it you know you're like okay this is this is what i want i can't tell you why it's what i want i can't tell you how i got there and that's the beauty of cigars or art it's the fact that it comes together you can't it's not about numbers mm -hmm. do you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. yes it yep. just it, it's there one you might like a and you might like b and together they taste crap Okay, or you might like A, you don't like B, and you put C in it, and it just makes it a complete blend. Mm -hmm. Sorry, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's a it's a passion. Yeah, it's it's just a you know a passion. Yeah, but so yeah. sometimes you you don't have to overanalyze. Yeah, things. exactly. Sorry, are you yeah, putting it yeah. in a way that people so <laughs> so just <laughs> just usually go with your first instinct. You usually smoke a cigar, and you know what you want and you just make that and that's what you go with so always follow your first instinct. I, I always yeah first instinct is usually a good starting point it's a great like okay stepping stone exactly like you know that this will sell because you know you've got experience and you've got a palette right but then how can you create something that transcends that and that's the tough bit which it always goes in one direction or another mm -hmm. you know so I'll, I'll give you some an example from the art world that you know has always struck me you know um, Monet he painted this uh, picture when he was sick in hospital from uh, in London right and you can see the shadows of, of the House of Parliament all of that stuff and you can really see the turmoil in his mind you know the the, sh the way the brushstrokes are all of that stuff and it's an angle it might not be your favorite painting but you can understand and interpret that and a cigar is no different right like when you smoke it you're interpreting it at a subconscious level does that make sense yep. or not mm -hmm. so because sure. your palette and my palette is not as educated as you know some of these tasters out there you know so what you're doing is 
you know, it's hitting you and it's making you feel good. Like this cigar with this drink is making me feel very good. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. But mm-hmm. how do you, you know, why? I can't tell you why. Like, I don't know what's in my brain. I'm not a brain surgeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are intangibles. But... Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. why I love it because what you're doing is, you know, you're playing on the edge of, mm-hmm. you know, and you're really trying to push the boundaries and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I don't want to get too metaphysical, but yeah, I mean. No, I mean, that's probably one of the best answers. You know, if someone has like this, definitive like scientific way of doing it it means that they have it they yeah. think they have it figured out they have it down but i think when it comes to cigars a lot of it is like spiritual for sure so it's really like the feel and the experience so yeah i yeah that's well because answer. you're a lawyer right or you're going to be a lawyer and law is about logic it's about you know how how you get from something to something right mm-hmm. and it's so. creativity and all that this is a pure art it's creativity it's there it's it's something ineffable inside the thing, you know, whether it's drinks or food or whatever else. Well, yeah, it's about sensory and emotion and, yeah. and, and like what you feel and the relaxation you get from well, it. It's, yeah. Also, tobacco changes from like if you take a cigar right now and you age it for six months or a year or two or three, it metaphorses into something else. It does. Totally. So it just de- depends on like. Some cigars are meant to be smoked right away, and they tell you don't age it because it's going to be, the tobacco has worked so hard, it's not going to mean anything in six months or a year from now. Smoke it while you get it. But some other cigars are made to be aged, and it so it changes. So that reserver yeah. I've been working on for a year, and it ages spectacular because, and it just smooths out, gets that smoky, oily flavor to yeah. it. You know, and again, that's something you get from experience with certain tobaccos. I know I smoked some cigars that have aged horribly, Edgar. You know? oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, I, 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 I mean, I smoked a cigar in the '90s, and let me tell you, there were uh, we used to call them turd rockets. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> We smoked some bad cigars back in the day. So, <laughs> so what you what we're smoking today is really good, yeah. clean tobacco. That it's really good cigars. There's not bad cigar out there right now. Edgar surprises me because he's got like he he's got some cigars. I remember you gave me a 2017 Red Label one time, mm-hmm. and once and and you uh you know he said oh you know smoke this and that thing man it's just developed into this. You know, and I love the way that you keep them because I love smoking, so I can't. Yeah. got no patience, right? But uh, yeah, you know, I have my. I I have some good old tobacco. Yeah, I, I do have a question for you, Akil, because oh. you getting back. You mentioned the red label and the blue label, and we have the white label. So those I'm are, not gay. Those those <laughs> <laughs> those are meant for the U.S. markets. But have oh, you yeah. ever thought, or what was your reason for only the U.S. market? Was there or anything about the European market or any other countries that? you didn't think would go over well with the red, white, and blue? You know, it's not that. It's <clears throat> I just wanted to create something. This is the biggest cigar market in the world. People appreciate what I do. Um, over there, sometimes tobacco is a bad word, okay? Here it's an art. People turn up to the events. They ask me questions. They want to understand things. So I wanted to, you know, and yes, look, I love making money, right? But it's about trying to give people an experience and trying to do something different. So I can ask you, right? We can do this experiment if you want. I can ask everyone of you guys, what cigar is that red label similar to? And I believe I'm going to get five different answers. Okay. And the thing is, the European market does not have that level of 
Diversity? No, diversity is one thing, but the same level of the thirst for knowledge necessarily. You know, people go, they buy a cigar and, you know, there are some guys who really like cigars and it's great, but here everyone who comes in wants to learn, wants to understand. You have very few guys who come in and just want a cigar randomly. It's always people like wine. You want to know who the maker is. You want to know what grape it is. You want to know the age. You want to know all this stuff because you want to develop your palate. You know, so cigars have that in the United States. Why didn't I release Excessivo USA? Obviously, it's USA, right? But why didn't I release that cigar in Europe only? Because firstly, the market's not big enough. And secondly, to be frank with you, especially in continental Europe, and I've been there a lot, and I can think I can say this with some authority, I don't think they'd appreciate it. And I hate to say that, but it's not, <clears throat> you know... It's not their palate. They, they're used to the more Cuban Cuban type of... It's cigars. not. It's not just Cubans and non cu It's it's more about uh, attitude to. Would you say it's more old school? You it, know what I mean. Old like school. First... Yeah. Yeah. So people smoke. Well, this they... is old school. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's, it's people smoke while their grandfather smoked. Okay, yeah. I get that. But it's also about <clears throat> you know that guy. Let's say you've got a Frenchman. You know, he probably you know, understand the difference between, you know, Pinot, Pinot Noir, like, a, or a Burgundy versus a Bordeaux versus a Languedoc versus a Chateauneuf du Pop, right? So, you know, you've got the different wines and you'd understand that. But when it comes to cigars, it's, mm, I want this and that's it. It's, there's no, the culture isn't there around innovation. Culture isn't there around cigars as an art form, you know, if that makes sense. Whereas it here, it really is, like, you know, I can do an event, you know, I did an event at one of the clubs in, in the Midwest and it's, uh, you know, 200 people paid $400, right, to do a tasting and a dinner and all the rest of it. And I got asked some phenomenal questions and by the end I was a bit drunk, which I probably shouldn't have been, but, <laughs> you know, it was, it was work because, you know, they were coming up and they were asking stuff that I would never get asked in Europe, you know, mm -hmm. like how many leaves do you have in this? What's the age? What do you recommend I do? How do I store cigars? All of the rest, all of this stuff that, you know, in England, a guy might come in and buy a box or they might buy a cigar and, you know, they smoke it and then they like it and then they do the same again. It doesn't have that same collector's culture. It's just a lot of, uh, you know, there's more of a cigar culture in this country. Um, well, I and, think it's just because of like in the United States, we, we were, I feel like we're like always on the cusp of like something new. Yeah. And, you know, I think almost like the rest of the world is like thousands of years of history. And we've got like maybe three or four hundred. And, and, but we're like, we're, well, we're like thirsting for knowledge and, and, and moving mm -hmm. forward. So let me tell you, you've done more in 250 years than, you know, the Chinese have done in thousands and, and the Europeans have done in, in a thousand years. So you're not doing too badly. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is, Thank you, I don't, I, I, well, I'm telling you, it's the richest country in the history of the world for a reason, okay? Um, and the second, the second thing I'd say to that is, the thirst for knowledge is not about history, it's about the culture and the price point as well. So mm. here you can have, you know, this cigar, which by the way, you really, you probably should look at the price because I know it's not 8.95, but, um, you know, $9 with a minimum wage is 15, right, say? Okay, or 14 or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So my wholesale price in the UK is more expensive than the retail prices here, okay? Mm. So it makes it, firstly, the product is more accessible to people. And I also think that there's more, because there's more disposable income, 
people can get into new stuff you know like for example in england golf is <clears throat> you know for to give you an example it's you know stereotypically upper class you know here you know i know university kids that that play and they play at a very high level so there's just so much more wealth in this country that if you have an interest you're more free to follow it than you are in europe and i think mm. you know people in america and by the way i love this country but people romanticize europe a lot mm. and i think part of that you know is a little bit naive to be honest with you well accessibility well, is very open here i mean we are excuse me we are spoiled with a good good product uh, we are and, spoiled yes we are so, all right well speaking of that before we go anymore mm. we're already we're already 15 minutes over segment oh sorry okay. See, no don't apologize it's been great i want to keep it going okay oh now uh akil and and uh, edgar have agreed to stay on in the second part of the show um they're not pipe people but uh, they're going to finish their cigars but uh we need to get Akil more to drink because he's he's <laughs> yes. down to the leaves. <laughs> so before before in the weeds, he's in the weeds. Before before we uh, end uh, end this segment formally, let's let's uh, give our final thoughts on the cigar, and then we'll uh, take a break and come back. Uh, well, I feel like it's definitely developed to more like a medium and up. Um, it's still creamy and smooth, but the cedar for me is really like um, amped up. Um, and uh it's just well it's a wow i love this this is amazing it's a great pairing pat. good job pat thank you yeah the similar flavors stay on the palate and then as dave said it intensified throughout the smoke and it you know ended being a nice medium kind of a little bit above medium mm. body and mm -hmm. it was very enjoyable and i think the mojito definitely shockingly brought out a lot more of those flavors and kind of neutralized the palate so mm -hmm. yeah um, pass yeah, it on pass to it on. You. yeah i think the mojito is definitely um surprisingly you know i keep saying this and i hate to do it pat but it's great it's really it has brought <laughs> i'm no. sorry pat but you did a really good, good job, job. Yeah. i really wanted I to hate it but yeah. do you hear oh, that yeah, that's yeah. his head exploding yeah. <laughs> no it, it bloody does though that's the fucking problem like it does bring out a lot more of that you know the <clears throat> the woody note i would say um and it's gone <laughs> it's it's really developed in the cigar so you know that's the intention and and it's just i'm going to start doing more mojitos i guess with mm. my uh with my cigars because actually it might help me to understand how because when you smoke a cigar you're smoking up here and then when you smoke this part you're smoking everything that's gone before it as well and, and it's yeah so it's 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 easy to get lost in it whereas mm. with this you're constantly refreshing it and mm. this has actually been quite an interesting experience for me i was a bit dubious at the beginning but this is really quite fucking good sorry <laughs> <laughs> excuse me pablo oh yeah excuse my french sorry. well i concur with what just about every everyone has said about this the uh, cigar is absolutely built in uh the flavors uh, the mm -hmm. richness without a doubt started off mild to medium now i absolutely believe it's more of a medium plus mm -hmm. um and the mojito has just been a perfect pairing mm -hmm. so it's uh it's a win-win for everyone um it tastes great less filling <laughs> <laughs> oh, I drank one than you did. Zero calories, <laughs> vegan. God bless you, my friend. 
I would. You're on a roll. How about you, Dan? I heartily concur that the, the cigar is fantastic, and it does change up and build up uh, as you uh, enjoy it. It's a cigar that I think is best savored slowly, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that um, you know I love the traditional size, the seven by forty-seven. So uh, I think one of the things that you know americans get into is you know bigger is better you know let's let's why do a churchill that's under 50 you know when we could do it at 60 or 70 or 80 or 90 you know but uh, it's a different discussion but that's yeah, a different right. discussion right there but but uh, this cigar just really has so much going for it and uh, I, I think it's fantastic Thanks, and the yeah. uh, the pairing was was spot on it was not a pairing that, you know, along with you, Akil, I, I, I had wonders about it too, you know, but um, yeah. at, uh, at some t- a long time ago, we had this uh, bartender, Sam, Sam yeah. the barman, <laughs> yep. who, Sleepy who Sam. Uh, yep. uh, took us in all sorts of weird, wacky, different dimensions. And the journey. Sometimes yes. they, the journey actually went someplace pleasant. Yep. And so I, we've kind of learned to, to you know, uh, take that step, and and uh, I'm glad we did. This mm-hmm. was a very, very good pair. Yep. I'm very interested to see how this is going to go with the pipe to Yes, that's going to be Which is weird. a completely different flavor. Yeah. But um, so we're going to take a break. We're going to be back break, with break. Uh, GLP's um, Odyssey, but we're still going to be talking cigars with mm-hmm. Akil, so yeah. don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. All right, everybody, we're back, or at least most of us are. Uh, one of the things we've learned in this episode is that uh, if you're making mojitos, it takes more than three and a half minutes to make them for six people. Well, good ones. So, yes, these are probably substandard, but we probably won't be able to tell the difference at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, this is good. Now, I just want to lick that. <clears throat> perhaps. Now, uh, what we are smoking here, <laughs> what most of us will be smoking anyway, the people on the show, is a GLP's Odyssey. This is one of his original mixtures, and um, it is a wonderful, wonderful cigar. Uh, I mean, tobacco. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, let's see. My, uh, let's see here. Uh, from the tin, it says... And this is kind of bold. Odyssey is huge. <laughs> the biggest of the peas blends. It's loaded with Latakia and harmonized by exotic Orientals. Wonderful red and jet black stoves and vineyards provide a perfect counterpoint. It's manufactured for him uh, by Cornell and Deal. It's a Balkan type blend, which means it's more Oriental forward. Uh, the components of this are Latakia, Orientals, and Virginia. There's no flavoring on it. It's a ribbon-cut tobacco. And, again, we are pairing the uh, mojito with this. And, again, this will be a pairing that uh, I'm very interested to see how it goes because it's not what I would pick to go with this at all. But uh, that may not mean anything. So... Oh, and there we go. Pat's just finishing up with the uh, slapjack mojitos there. It's a great hat, by the way. No, no fresh mint leaves, Pat. Don't look around. Go find your seat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Paul, you've lit up already. Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's your 
take so far on the tobacco and maybe even the Thank pairing? You. So with the tobacco on its own, it's a uh, <clears throat> with the Latakia, I got a lot of that leather, smoky, um, earthy mm -hmm. tones. Um, I'm getting a lot of floral notes too, and the Virginias are, are nice. It's a, it's almost like a nice backbone. It's a, it's a very uh, it's complementing it, and it's actually kind of being more of a, con a counterpoint too. Uh, so we get a little bit of that uh, sweetness in the background. It's not a, a heavy Latakia uh, tobacco to me. Um, with the drink. I think it's pulling out a little bit more of those uh, earthy uh, floral notes for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's... So pulling out more of the Orientals. Yes, maybe. yeah. The Orientals is definitely going to be a little bit more pro pronounced with the, with the, uh, with the pairing. Mm. Mm. Dave, if you had a chance to uh, light up. Mm -hmm. I got some, uh, some nice rich earth tones. Um, let's see here. Hmm. It's got a pleasant uh, retro hail. It's very smooth. Um, I feel like I'm getting like a little bit of hickory. Mm, hickory. Mm. That's specific. Mm. I haven't tried it with a drink yet, though. I'm still trying to. Yeah. Mm. It's very smoky to me. It's very bold. It's mm -hmm. uh, got some very dark notes. I've got, you know, for me, it was charred oak. Um, yep, and earth along with a little black pepper spice mm -hmm. uh, the orientals have that kind of sweet and sour tang you know and uh, that light floral aroma that you always get from those um, and the dark stove virginias which i think really are big in this blend bring a, a really dark earthy sweetness that pulls the whole thing together can you explain that dan what dark stove Virginia means it means the Virginias have basically been fire cured they've been they've been so that they're black okay okay so those black you know the black leaves you know are you're, you're seeing in the tobacco are some of that's Latakia some of that is Virginia mm -hmm. and it just you know kind of kind of like how charring a um, an orange slice or something will add some real deep you know, richness to the citrus that normally comes to that in a, in a cocktail, the same thing happens with uh, tobacco. Mm. And um, very, very good stuff. Awesome. It is. It's an odyssey. <laughs> I see what you did there. Mm. Oh, my goodness. So, well, we're all getting a, a chance to, to light up. I know Pat just sat down, and he's he's filling his pipe and everything. Akil, what, what, what have been... One or two of the unexpected challenges you've had to overcome bringing your cigars to market and, and bringing your brand to life. Um, unexpected hmm. challenges. Um, so when I started Nothing this... Nothing ever goes according to plan. Yeah, so. but I never had a plan anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So Well, that, that made that perfect. Yeah, I had no expectations at all. I never do with anything. It can go... You know, I've seen things go horribly sideways, and I've seen things go better than I could have ever imagined. That's so. good for dating. Uh, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the casual sex little, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I've deleted Tinder, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, nothing good ever came from Tinder, that's for sure. Anyway, well, nothing, nothing ever 
you know, well, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Steady Eddie. He's loving this. My friend, my friend, uh, yeah. again, who's no longer with us, Charlie Jones, oh, used to say that he, you had to be into flexible planning. Plans weren't any good, but you needed to be into flexible planning. And his plan was whatever could go wrong yeah. would go, go wrong. wrong. So, so that when something went wrong, he could say, that's my plan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well so, what if something went right? He said, well, yeah. I can work it in. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, best laid plans, you know, mice and men, all that. But mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, what's gone wrong, I wouldn't have expected, um, mm -hmm. you know, some business side stuff, you know, distribution, all of that. But business is fundamentally just very boring, to be honest. You know, it's a mechanical mm -hmm. thing. The beauty of life is in uncertainty anyway, mm -hmm. you know, and you don't want to be surprised in the wrong direction. Uh, business is business, but the cigar is what we live for. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Um, so in terms of cigars, honestly, nothing's really surprised me because I know what the product is. I smoke it. I like it. You know, I just, I believe in this, right? Mm -hmm. If I believe in something, I'm, confident about bringing it to market right right the business side of things it's always you know i mean you're always going to have hiccups whatever but business is business you know you take the rough with the smooth and you know i don't take it personally right you know never have to be honest it's just something that happens and i've tried to always conduct myself you know in in a certain way you know do to others you know that you want done to yourself very sure. simple business yep. and in life and so far so good um you know i <clears throat> that's that's again what i've tried to do there's always unexpected things you know that there'll be something unexpected tomorrow i'm sure but mm. <clears throat> again if you have an open mind i think that you know it, you know nothing surprises me anymore and yet everything surprises me <laughs> does that make sense it does it does sure you know? I mean, I'm a business guy. I've never done a business plan in my life, right? So, I, I read that uh, an article. Uh, was it actually an interview wow. that you did uh, several years ago with Cigar Aficionado? And you oh, yeah. had, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but it said that you underestimated, wow. I guess, the U.S. market in terms of selling your cigars. Where in the European markets, if it's a good cigar, it, it will sell on its own. Yeah. If it's in the U.S. market, it needs a marketing plan. I wouldn't even say a plan. It just needs someone to... Okay, so in Europe, because things... It's more of a closed market. And, you know, CA do it... By the way, they do a good job. I mean, Greg. I think that was Greg Matola that was uh, did the interviewer. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. The guy's very understated, but he asked very incisive questions. And, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be on your game when you're dealing with someone like that. Because, <laughs> no, no, no. This guy... No worries like, about that here. He, he's not... <laughs> no, no, no. I, Welcome I'm, to Knox's I'm Blowing Smoke, people. <laughs> No, I mean, you have to, you know, you have to, you know, you can't be drunk when you're dealing with that. But, mm. you know, it, it was a good question, and he's right. And, uh, and and what I mean by that is, you know, in England, my experience was good cigar, decent price, you know, uh, great relationships, with, which John has, um, you know, and as long as you keep the product consistent, you're good to go, right? More or less. And people have tried and failed, but... You know the relationships are, are more key whereas here i've always felt that 
there's so much noise in the market and it's not just with cigars it's with anything mm -hmm. because there's so much money here and there's so much disposable income that anyone who's anyone is always opening a restaurant or starting a new cigar company or starting an alcohol company you know or selling a new car so everyone's competing mm -hmm. this is the most competitive market i could have ever imagined because it's pretty crazy this cigars you know 875 or 895 right tax paid at retail made by 500 different people tax you know all mm. that stuff included and it's insane it mm. really is insane but when you have that you have a level of income that's chasing that mm -hmm. so now it behooves people to you know do a lot of marketing and stuff and for me i've always taken the more traditional approach which is let the product speak for itself and yes i've done some marketing and stuff because you have to get the product into the hands of people but I've, we love commercials well it's not it's not even <laughs> that it's it's whether a product's sticky or not like it's mm -hmm. easy you know i can i can call up you know edgar who's got amazing relationships mike you know um pete right. all of these guys and it's like yeah i'll release a cigar and they can get it into all the shops right but whether it's sticky or not is the key thing right and what is a sticky product it means when someone buys it they're likely to buy it again 80 percent of the time mm. and it's no good being in 20 people's top 10 cigars you have to be in three people's top two top three mm. you know to 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 generate that term so that's the statistical element of it. but you know because there's so much competition you're competing for that consumer mm. you know and that's why i've always felt that you do need to you know spend more money and do all that stuff here and but I always, uh, you know, having gone through it, you know, a little bit more, I always feel like, I always use the analogy, if the milk is a little thick, the cream just takes longer to rise to the top. But eventually, you know, good brands and good products will always make it, you know, because people aren't stupid. Right. You know, they're well, not stupid. Um, well, okay, I'm not talking about it. Just give me another drink. Louise, <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> Ed, what do you think about that? You've wrapped how many cigar companies and you've seen how many companies fail and succeed? Well, uh, I mean, I have my fair share of <laughs> failures and uh, successes. Uh, but yes, um, in, in, in today's market, it's a little innovative, you know, um, talking about your product is more useful than ever before before at the end of the day everybody talks about the internet and it's um and it's easier to sell a product on the internet than the brick and mortar and um brick and mortar what really counts today not the internet because the internet will go tomorrow and some of those brands will fizzle out what's okay. the role of marketing do you think I'm just curious what you think, honestly. Uh... Role of marketing is talking to the, the the retailers and retailers believing in your product. So they will suggest it to their end consumer. And the end consumer is going to come back and buy it again. And if that happens, that's two-thirds of the equation. Right. Okay. Um, it's... That's um, 
Yes. That's a six million dollar question. But you know, no, I, I, <laughs> that's I the answer to the six million dollar question. I, I have a lot of time for you, you know that. But it's like you've represented some of the biggest names on the planet, right? At, yeah. at one stage or another. And I've always wondered like how the fuck you know whether something's gonna make it or not and what you pick up and all that. So No, you know. We well it's it's it just like um just like me was sticking around with uh, certain brands of cigars that I represent today and sticking around with them is because i believe in those guys okay and i believe what they put out and opposed to just like flash in the pan as we call it in the industry as well because those guys they just put a product out out there and they don't have uh stability they don't have background in um in terms of uh um, continuancy of a, of a, of a production of a cigar because from one bale to the next the cigar is changing completely mm-hmm. and we know a lot of those guys yes and uh, so it happens it happens a lot so now uh, with Regis cigars and a few other brands that I represent I believe those guys will continue on delivering the same cigar that you smoked a few years ago and you recognize it and you smoke it again, it resembles to what you smoked back then. Okay? Makes sense. And 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 that really consistency. Really, mm-hmm. Consistency is really what really um as you said, the cream rises to the top and and that's it. And ultimately you you guys as the retailers um will eventually kind of like put your name or your expertise into into brands that you want to sell and suggest to your your customer so obviously um it's working and it's working well and it's i'm just amazed that like you represented two-thirds of that humidor at one point I'm fucking amazed by that. So I can kind of, I can kind of piggyback off of what Edgar's exactly. saying from yeah. a retailer standpoint. And first and foremost, one of the things that I've noticed in the humidor with my small time being in the industry is it can take you years to get a customer, but it could take a day to lose one. Yeah. And I think from a retailer perspective, especially me being a consumer, you have a lot of cigars that look flashy, they kind of catch your eye, and you say, you know what, at some point I want to try that. Eventually that time comes, and then that moment's going to be the make or break. Like it's either going to be one of the you know, better cigars you've had, or it's going to be something you never want to try again. And I think from the retailer standpoint, especially you know, a place like Twin Smoke Shop where a lot of us are certified, is we have the means of researching a product and answering productive questions with consumers in the sense of, you know, you have people that smoke, you know, like a few dollars cigars, especially in like America, this, you know, like factory smokes, $2 a stick. So why am I going to spend $10 on this cigar when I can spend $2 on this one? And then that's kind of where the B&Ms kind of shine, because when you go on a wholesaler online, you don't have that one-on-one, ex- you know, experience with it, you know, right. educated tobacconist. You have, you know, a website, it gives you this little copy and pasted, you know, sales pitch, like, you know, creamy, best thing ever, whatever. But in the retailer, I can tell someone, you know, yeah. this is going to be consistent. You know, it's it's rolled in Tobato, for instance. It takes more time. Like this Lancero is more money than the Toro because it takes better rollers to make a Lancero. 
you know, I can go through kind of the ringer with them and explain to them why they're spending more money for this product. And then, you know, especially when COVID hit, I've had a lot of customers tell me that they've smoked cigars for years, but then COVID, there was a production issue, and then cigars, you know, some lines took a hit, and they never smoked that cigar again because that, that one time it was yeah. underfilled. So, so I, again, and that's really in, in, interesting because, you know, going back to full circle to the question, which is about marketing and the importance of it, mm -hmm. I think <clears throat> when there's so much choice, marketing's important to get the first sale. So then mm. someone smokes a cigar and then spouts stick it is, right? And now Pat said, uh, you know, how, again, it boils down to the same thing, how sticky is the product? Because someone, trust is something that, as you know, with manufacturers and with business people and with your friends even, it's hard to build, but it's easy to break. So, right. you know, one bad cigar and now the guy's thinking, should I try something else? And, you know, for me, it's like the great, for me, the truly great wines, and I know people will complain, but the truly great wines are vintages. And, mm. you know, you have it you know and and they can be different year to year but you know roughly what you're getting right. i think people with a handmade product people always give you a little leeway but you better make sure that thing smokes right burns right and it tastes in the ballpark of what you intend what you otherwise expect, yeah. you know you're in trouble you lose it mm -hmm. yeah. you, you know that yeah. how many times have you seen that seen it many many times <laughs> Many times. So, <laughs> kind of following up on on that, um, what do you think the European market could learn from the U.S. market, and vice versa? Let me have a quick drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's down to the leaves again. Down, Pat. down, down, down the leaves. leaves. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Um, wow. European market and the U.S. Okay. Uh, let me start with what I think the Europeans could potentially pick up from the Americans. And I, I would say the cigar, you know, I'm going to talk about cigars, but I'm also going to talk about the wider things that I've seen as well, not being from here and all the rest of it. But the cigar culture is something amazing here. You know, people love cigars. Yes, the prices are lower, but people come here and they want to learn they want to understand we have a cult issue here you want cult ed you said it not me yeah well we have a cult. <laughs> we we have some some guys are gravitated to a certain brand mm -hmm. tap people oh well, a few others as well i mean i'm i'm not just gonna call. <laughs> i'm not i smoke everything dude i just you know yeah well, uh, it, it, it becomes one of those things is like in, in, in Europe, in Europe is most of the brands that it's available in the United States is not available in Europe and vice versa. Um, so that's why it's more important for a European to get educated to the what U.S. asks for a cigar. Like for instance, most of our cigars that it's sold in the United States, we wanted strong cigars in your face, okay? Yeah. But Europeans like finesse of the cigar. Exactly. Okay. Um, so I equate that to to drinking. So we all we all drink. You want to get drunk, you do, Edgar? No, no. We, we, we all want to drink. Is that? Okay, so you want to do shots, <laughs> or you want to do, or you want to do drinks? 
So if you want to do shots, go buy this X branded cigar and it's going to put your, the cigar is going to be in your face. Strong cigar and it's, it's going to be short finish. So you get to the point <laughs> a lot what faster you you do. than... One bang, thank you, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's what she said. Right. But that's that's what I that's what I always equate with the cigars. Like, okay, when you're done with the cigar, okay, instead of saying, okay, two thirds away the cigars, like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over, and then to a next cigar that it's you're smoking it, and you when you're done with it, you want to light up another one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the same thing. Whether uh, you want a finesse cigar or you want in your face cigar, so strings, strings, I don't like at all. There's two okay. two things, Ed. I believe you know you've got this is America. You've got super mild, bland stuff, you <laughs> know, drinks, alcohol, um, food, whatever, cigars. Then you've got this, you know, spiciest bloody Mexican equivalent of a chicken vindaloo, right? What, mm -hmm. like, what would that be? You know, like your ghost pepper Whatever. chip. Whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. And then, but in England, you know, we have this. What Tea. is that? Tea, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the range there. You know, you don't have a ton of spicy stuff. Don't have a ton of bland stuff. So now there's more in this segment, you know. So I always feel that... Americans could probably learn about texture, complexity mm. in a range, you know. Mm -hmm. We don't need to have the hoppiest beers or the strongest cigar or the spiciest bourbon mm. or, you know, you know, the Mexican food you eat on a night out and you have the ring of fire the next day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I've felt the, I feel like the Americans can probably, the American market, I should say, could probably figure you know sort of try and explore you know and it takes patience but to understand more about flavor and the product itself right i feel the europeans could That's so true it's like go big or go home here well yeah i mean it's a rich country we're within the land of extremes mm -hmm. i love it god bless clearly yes um, most definitely extremes and 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 i feel that the europeans could probably firstly they could like earn a bit more money Right, that's first yeah. thing, um, and actually well, pay for stuff. <laughs> paying, less, pay, paying less taxes, right? Earning right. more money, exactly. right? Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's true. You're not yeah. wrong. Yeah. Pay less tax, earn more money, and buy more stuff, right? Right. And truly, because there's a bigger market here, but probably uh, aside from the price point issue and the disposable income issue, I would say have a more of an open mind about different products. Mm, yeah? yeah, it's not all about French wines. You can have great, you know, Chilean Merlot, Argentinian Malbecs, sure. New Zealand Pinot Noirs, uh, California, um, you know, cabs, right? So, you know, you've got all these different things. You don't have to stick. And by the way, my friend in uh, one of my friend, good, really good friends in Panama is is a, is at the French embassy, and he doesn't even drink French wines. You know, <laughs> he's a wine drinker, <laughs> and he's he's always bringing me, you know, uh, something you know from you know the new world because mm -hmm. he says oh kill you know and he's a, fr he's a he's not french he's bloody french right he stands up <laughs> for the marseillaise but you know the, the the guy you know he's like oh well i could have got you this burgundy you know louis latour or sanri or whatever the 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 maker is and it would have cost me 50 quid but 50 dollars but you know here's a 
$10, $20 New Zealand Pinot Noir and it's mm. jammy and it's going to do the job and you're going to love mm. it. You know, so, but he's traveled, he's open-minded. But that's the thing, like, <laughs> Europeans could always learn about their stuff outside. You know, like the Americans mm. are making great cheeses. Mm. Did you know that? Yes, I yes, they did. Did you? <laughs> I love cheese. Yeah, I love mm. it too. But the Americans, you think you can only get Pepper Jack Swiss provolone right here? No, oh, not no, no, God. There's a million. Got to Vermont. Just got to Vermont. Vermont. Oh yeah, Vermont is and, phenomenal and for cheese, and that is the cheesiest state. But this is what I'm saying. Like you know, outside <laughs> of America, people don't get it. You know, they think that everything here has to be processed and stuff. If they, if if Europeans had a more open mind, especially mm. the Continentals, I would say that they would appreciate more stuff and actually, you know, develop their palates. Like I love Iberico ham. I love Spanish ham. Mm. You know, but you can get great stuff out of Italy. You can get great stuff out of the States. You know, it's a question of being open-minded and not being uh, bloody-minded about, you know, <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, and I, you I know, again, I don't good. want to offend anyone, but I'm just telling you how I see it, having straddled both sides of the pond, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been to Europe, continental Europe a lot. And by the way, I don't see the UK as part of Europe. I see the UK having more in common with the US, but... Mm. You know, going to France and Spain and Italy, great food, a great culture, you know, lazy as hell. But <laughs> it was, you know, five-hour lunches. You know, mm. I don't, you know, it's great. But if we could each take a little bit from the other, mm -hmm. I think that yeah. people would be more well-rounded and it would really, everyone's experience would be better, you know? With, with today's, so, uh, today's um, <laughs> Economy is no more five uh, five dollar lunches anymore. It's like fifteen dollar lunches. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, it's> true. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's true. That's why I'm still yeah. eating peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I have a friend actually in Virginia. Um, really? He was an art dealer. Oh, <laughs> oh, you say that he was an art dealer in London, multi-millionaire. Actually, he gave me a Degas the uh, last year. Actually. Um, great piece of art drawing not mm. not painting before anyone tries to start marrying me or anything but uh <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a drawing and it was great and he was you know he straddled both sides and you know he gives me a siglo six and that thing was um uh for the uninitiated siglo six is uh, a storied cigar but it was nuts cream give it an hour mm. caramel toffee mm. you know everything you ever want from a good cuban and he could appreciate it and yet you know, we had we had uh, kurubutu pork, kurubutu pork, which is like the wagyu of pork. It looks like beef when it's raw, you know. But he opened a bottle of Camus uh, 2012, I think it was, and we poured it, and that thing was jam, mm. black currant jam, very fruit forward, and you know, it just showed to me the best of the old world and the best of the new world. Yeah. And I just wished that um, the stereotypical Europeans would understand you know i my my uncle's french mm. I, I i spent a lot of time in paris you know and uh my, my well my auntie's french actually and he's french too but you know he wouldn't drink anything other than french wine mm. and i've always wondered about that because i mm. put a bottle of um what was it uh, it was a chilean merlot actually mm -hmm. i remember put it in front of me so but uh, this wine is amazing. Where is it from? And I said, uh, oh, it's from Chile. He said, but this cannot be. You know? <laughs> so this is the problem with, with the Europeans. They're too, yeah. they don't have that, you know, maybe it's the money. I don't know. You can get a good wine there for four euros. Why would you buy a California mm -hmm. or a Chilean? I don't mm. know. But 
you know, that's what I believe, open-mindedness versus money kind of thing. Sorry to... No, sorry no, to it's, a great, it's a great answer to the question. <laughs> you know what? Like, I mean, knows more. Uh, you could, you could, spent a lot of time you could almost, you know, <laughs> you know, that, you know, if, if Europeans could kind of expand their their boundaries a little bit yeah. and and try and step out of their comfort zones, they might find, kind of like we did with the mojito and the, the, yeah. the cigar exactly. pairing, that... There are some things out there that are really good, and and if you, if you're willing to go out and try it, and with Americans, it's almost like I hear you saying, kind of need to slow down, and learn to appreciate the things yes, here in front exactly. of you. And mm. if you can uh, take the cigar, and no, it's it's not this big in your face thing, but if you sit and if you take the time to focus on it, mm. you can appreciate all sorts of little nuances and and things that are going on, that if you're if you're being too quick about it, you're never going to pick up. So and if you would just slow down. Yeah, that's it, like our mentality it, is like first of the red light wins, you know. Well, can I say one thing? So you like cheese, right? Mm. So have you, No, I love cheese. You love cheese. Okay, yeah. you love We're cheese. We're in a relationship, Great. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've had an um, English cheddar before, right? Mm. Obviously. Um, so there's a cheddar made in, I think, Wisconsin, and they put like this... Uh, this pepper in it. What's it called? That pepper everyone uses here. Peppercorn. No, not peppercorn. That's hard. Uh, jalapeno is it? Jalapeno. Yeah, jalapeno. Jalapeno. yeah. yeah. All right. So the cheese itself is amazing, but they they. This is what I love about America. Cheese. Let me give you this example. Excessivo USA. You like? Oh, okay. Talk shit about cigars, whatever. Let me tell you about cheese. <laughs> they they do this thing. They put jalapenos in it, and you think, Jesus Christ. The only thing I've had is a Wensleydale in England with black currants at Christmas, right? And I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, it's decadent. You have a few glasses of wine, you're smashed, right? They put jalapenos in cheddar cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking amazing. It is. It's, it's mm. awesome. Have no, you had no, that? Like, yes, I, I, that's, I have. It's actually funny. And then <laughs> okay. I, one of my favorite things is like, you know, like Gouda. Yeah, like Dutch Gouda. I love oh, that. Oh, yeah. God. It's so creamy and it's, oh, it's like. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I've got like a plate of cheese at home right now, yeah. and I'm just gonna attack but, it. But it's like, but 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 I love the is. fact that the Americans will do things with that cheese. Mm -hmm. That the oh yeah, food. we'll put it on anything, everything. But it's not even that, but like put things in the cheese, like yes. whether it's currants yep. or whether it's yep um, fruit or whether or it's peppers. Or, yep, yeah, yep. exactly. And, and you know, I don't know about whether there's a cheese magazine or not, but probably. I, I wouldn't doubt it. There's you know, definitely a website. Yeah, and by the way, <laughs> there's a famous cheesemonger in New York that actually just passed away, um, and I'll send you the obituary. I read it, and it was amazing because she actually brought cheese, American cheese, to the fore. And it's if you're a cheese person, I'll, I'll send it to you. But mm. you know, she was talking about you know being inventive and having spent time in Italy, and Italy's got great cheeses, you know, Gorgonzola, Comte, all of that stuff, right? But it's it's like the same shit. And don't get me wrong, I love old school European sure. cheeses, yep. right? Yep. It's not, I'm not being a, a wanker about it, but I love the fact that the Americans innovate and, you know, bring something to my table that I'm like this mojito, like, no, mm. you know what, fuck this. But then I try it. My favorite thing I've ever had was a super sharp <laughs> cheddar and they put bacon in it. And oh, it was, wow. It was, the, it was that salt, that sharp um, bite and then yeah. you Are got you like this no. sweet no, kind of like a you know, hickory bacon that just was total opposite. And you were just like, what? It was awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, and that cheese is a great example because cheese is a 
product that arguably is about as healthy as a cigar, but that's okay. It uh, <laughs> hasn't got the political uh, undercurrents behind it, mm-hmm. which makes tobacco a bad product and mm-hmm. cheese, um, you know, not a bad product, but it's accessible to the masses. So mm-hmm. I look at this and I think, and and by the way, you know, when I was in a supermarket, you know, there was French cheese and it was five times the price as I get in Bordeaux or mm. Paris or whatever, right? I'm like, oh, Jesus, people are actually paying this. But point is that, you know, these th- these products are accessible to people, mm-hmm. you know, and you're expanding your horizons. And it's that's why if you went to Europe, and I hate to say this, but you might be a touch bored. Like, yes, the cheese is really, really good. And you can have great aged cheese and they they do it like no other, but it's the same <laughs> shit. It's mm. the same stuff. Yeah. It's, and it's one thing done well, yeah, but well, it's one thing. Have you ever had well. Manchego cheese? Mm. Manchego is a sheep's milk cheese made in the south, in La Mancha, which is in, the, in Spain. Okay. And I love it with ham, you know, mm. and... It's very creamy, very smooth, nutty. It's almost like an Emmental light, mm. but without the, it's not as hard. It's a bit softer, you know, but you age it. It's great. It's almost like the Cuban cigar type of, <laughs> you know, you could, no, I'm serious. And <laughs> you could actually have it. But in America, I'm sure they've made something with that style of cheese. We and with more, peppers, yeah, probably. Yeah, just more, <laughs> not just peppers, but maybe aged in a different way or mm. maybe they've done it differently and for me that I, I just wish that the american influence would start spreading overseas and then you know it's very um traditional for europeans to be like oh the americans right and not and just ignore it but if they paid a little bit of attention then they could actually create something even better yeah well, and speaking of innovation oh, too sorry. our owner did uh oh yeah he just uh made syrup and aged it in uh bourbon barrels and that was, it's called Breakfast Bourbon, and Who'd, it's unbelievable. Who did? Our owner, Kurt Kendall. Oh, I'm going to have to buy one of those. Yeah, it's very, very good. I think an interesting point to kind of make, too, is I think that Americans have a lot of variety, as we're speaking to. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of insane how routine everyone seems to be. So, for instance, you go to the grocery store, it's the same routine. You go down the same aisles, you get the same products, yeah. like the same milk, the same eggs, whatever. And then especially being in a humidor, a lot of people, like to uh, Edgar's point about the cults, there were people that would not buy a cigar that doesn't come from whatever brand they have their allegiance to because in their head, nothing is better than this cigar, even if they haven't tried something else. Mm-hmm. Only for Well, the, the, other, <laughs> the other point that I, I, I want to make, too, is this guy. <laughs> uh, a, lot of, a lot of, I mean, I... Of course, I go to a lot of different smoke shops and and talk to a lot of different guys. When they smoke cigar, when they take a cigar and light it, and they try to compare it to something they already know, mm-hmm. okay? And I tell them, it's like, look, smoke the cigar on its own merits. Don't try to compare it to anything else. Because once you start comparing it to something else, you you are not smoking that cigar the way it's meant to be right okay smokes a cigar and and appreciate what the blender had to put forward so just like another word 
when you go to a restaurant and you get your soup, instead of taking the salt and the black pepper <laughs> and, and douse your, your, your soup with it, taste the soup first and see how the chef wants to present it to you. And then you could d- add anything you want to it. Yeah, show respect to the chef. Right. Taste uh, it first. I... Taste it the way it is first. And it's eat it on its own merit. Same thing with cigars. Don't compare the cigar to something else you smoked or or you whatever. Can I ask you a question? Sure. A straw poll here. So we when I was in the finance business we had Gordon Ramsay cook for us. Mm. I'm sorry. That must have been horrible. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> they comped the food because we'd spent so much on booze. Well, it wasn't me. It was my bosses and all mm. that stuff. And they made a ton of money that year. And um, I asked for a pork chop. And he served it to me medium rare. And um, so I cut into it and it's pink in the middle, mm-hmm. right? And it's pork. Yeah. Okay. So I, I called the waiter. I said, excuse me, sir. Do you mind just please cooking that a little bit more? So he comes back out and he said, uh, sir, you're, you're supposed to eat it like this. And I said, no, 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 no please just, you know, I don't want to. It's still onking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then, uh, he comes out, he goes, no, no, I sent it. I said that. No. And then, um, Mr. Ramsey himself came out. I think he was planning to come out after when we were drunk and enjoying ourselves, but yes. He came out and he said, oh, no, this is supposed to be like this. I looked at him, I said, please, can you just cook it a little bit more? And he said to me, no, it's supposed to be eaten like this. I said, how about take it back and give me a boiled egg? You can't fuck that up, can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny, right? Can I ask you a question? Mm. Was I disrespectful? Sorry, am I, am I supposed to talk about this or... No, no, no. I think I think that's a fair question. Honestly, I we've all we we have all been conditioned to think that pork I, has to be cooked through. But trichinosis. Correct. Sure. Exactly. Okay. Right. Exactly. That's I mean again, that's just from what I grew up to believe. Again, I could be wrong from Dan's <clears throat> perspective, Edgar's perspective, past perspective, Dave's, whatever. Mm. I think in my house, if and my mother was exactly the same way. If that pork wasn't a hundred percent white through she she never served it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm good. Right? I think I you're think, good. You're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> well, uh, I I think you know. But you said people, you should enjoy people... how the chef wanted it. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Well, that's okay. My bad. I'm just asking the question, guys. I, well, that's only if you're open-minded. <laughs> you don't really care about trichinosis. You want the shits in it? <laughs> I, I tried it. Now I'm sending it back. Freaking cook it, <laughs> uh, guys. It's an interesting uh, one. I don't want to be flat on my flat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my view of it is <laughs> if you try something and you don't like it it's it's kind of you know on the other end of it it's kind of like an ego thing like i know what i'm doing this is how it's supposed to be made you should be enjoying this i think that's kind of that objective mindset that you know your professionals have who have mastered their craft and i think that that's the wrong outlook to have especially because food's a lot like cigars you know it's the experience the preparation it's an art handmade so i think that in that sense, I wouldn't say it was rude because if you are insisting on sending it back, like this isn't my preference, I want to have a different experience of this, I want you to cook it more, 
And then him just saying, no, I know what I'm doing. This is how you're supposed to have it. You should be enjoying it this way. I, I think that's that's wrong in any industry. So yeah, yeah that's that's that would be my. Opinion. I think it was bloody hilarious. Fucking guys, boiling egg Ramsey. But for, for you to tell Gordon Ramsay to go and you know back to the kitchen and make eggs, <laughs> that's beautiful. I, I wish I wish I had been there. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I added you on the. Back. I got fired. Did probably. You get... <laughs> oh, that was worth it. Yeah. Oh. No, not after that, but I got. I probably. It was probably about. That started the ball rolling. Five, yeah. I mean, look. Ultimately, you're not going to give me a pork chop that's medium rare. I'm sorry. I. I don't care who you are. And again. No, no, no. You know what? Look, I tried it. Yeah. And it, it just didn't sit right. Okay. And because he was telling me to eat the fucking thing. Like, I was thinking, oh, you know, I can't eat this. I'm hungry. I'm, you know, I'm getting liquored up here. Like, yeah, I need, yeah, you need something your... to eat, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and everyone laughed at the table. They were loving it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, listen, the difference between insanity and genius is measured by success. And I tell you that because mm. it's really, you know, was I rude? Maybe. But it was that environment. Everyone had a few drinks. And he's not exactly the most... Uh, no, giving no. If he can't take it, that's his problem. Yeah, mm -hmm. but you know what? It's okay. He I dishes it out enough. You know what? He's worked hard. He used, he used to be a footballer, and you know, pe pe everyone has a story. Mm. You know, and I'm not. Trust me, I've tried. You know, I take clients out for dinner. I can tell more about that person how they treat the waiter. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Right. Facts. Three, three places I can tell someone's character. Mm. In in the capital market, when they're losing money. Mm. on a golf course or how they treat their waiter the mm. three three places and you know I, I it's how you treat people lower than you on the totem pole. now here's a that's a great segue to this yeah, question i'm sorry yeah we do Cheers. we do a, a regular segment on the show called pastor padron's cigar confessions and <laughs> that's when i share kind of one of my pet peeves about the cigar industry or about being in retail or, you know, and the, the whole idea is to help people, you know, either start something or stop something so that they enjoy their cigar better. And so I, I want to ask you, Akil, what is one of your big cigar, cigar pet peeves? What, what do you think? You know, you've been all over the world. Yeah. The world. All right. What what is something that you that you, you see and you go oh my gosh why would All you right. do that or oh my gosh why wouldn't you stop doing that okay um, so there's enough people who like mayonnaise and fries yeah, but... <laughs> 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 oh, funny 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 yeah when you're drunk it's fucking good let me say. no I like <laughs> it actually <laughs> yeah why am I not surprised oh, I okay eat, I eat beans and chips mate but yeah so. Um, I would say there's plenty of pet peeves in terms of people, you know, stubbing their cigars out and all the rest of it. But right, right, right. that's okay because that no, is really, but... annoying, but it's not, you know, concerning. Concerning is when someone smokes a cigar. <laughs> concerning <laughs> is when someone smokes a cigar, takes five puffs, and says, mm, "I don't, you know, I don't know, or I don't get it." There's no patience. Mm. Let me tell you. Everyone in the cigar lounge or I've smoked a cigar with, some of them are rabid communists, some of them are rabid right-wing idiots. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're not stupid because they can smoke a cigar and enjoy it mm -hmm. and hold a conversation for half an hour. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Why can't they do the same with a cigar? Why do they, why do they take a cigar off the shelf and go, mm, I don't like it and throw it away? Yeah, be patient, understand, think about yourself, understand yourself in that moment. Mm. You know, have patience. My yeah. point. Oh, sorry. Okay. You no, know, my point earlier. Is yeah. Like, <laughs> smoke the cigar sense. for worse. <laughs> It's all, all about you, isn't it, Edgar? It's all about <laughs> Edgar, you. No, 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 no. <laughs> this guy's got more experience than me and you probably put together. And oh, that's yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. No, no, you know? no. And no, I, no. I tell you. I don't, I don't have experience. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, just a You don't have hair either. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, no, seriously, what's your pet peeve? I want, I want you to answer this because I won't do it. Because it's probably... My pet peeve is what I talked earlier is when... Exactly. You, uh -oh. They don't give enough time for that cigar to grow with them or to mean what it's meant to be. Mm. And um, and as Pat said earlier, it's like you have a cult, they would not smoke anything except for one uh, manufacturer or one brand or they don't venture into anything else. Is that Look, at the end of the day, that's why there's 400 brands of cigars out there and there's 1,800 or 4,000 different uh, sizes to begin with. Mm. Uh, it, there's, I always say it, there's an ass for every seat, there's <laughs> a seat for every ass. So that's why there's certain cigars are still on the shelf today whether it's your brand or whether you smoke it or not okay but that brand is viable to somebody else okay but again let me say it this way right i've i've you know when i was first starting out 10 years ago people smoke my cigar and say yeah it's okay next thing i know i'm back three months later and it's the only thing they're smoking right because it sometimes takes two or three times right, right. do you get two or three chances always no but it's the patience. This is the problem with America that I have, and I love this country, but the lack I, of patience. I just wish people would like. We're not a patient people. Take either. their time. What? We're not patient people. We want. We want it today. We want it. Yeah. That's yeah. why. That's why we <laughs> light up. gratification. We mm -hmm. light up cigar with a triple flame. Yeah, it shouldn't be. But it's, like, well, it's okay. <laughs> yep. Besides the point, but we want things yeah, done today, actually. instead of just. Take your time, enjoy it, enjoy and, it, and and, that's, and, yeah, and 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 stop and mm -hmm. think of what it took for that cigar to come on the market, okay? And because obviously it went through three hands, three, three hundred different hands, and then three different, three hundred different times that tobacco was handled before it entered. Ended up putting cigars. Hundred percent. And like, I just want to want to say, Edgar. He told me one thing that really stuck with me, which is, we eat all this food, and I love American fast food. I've got an issue. You know, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you think? Well, Steady Eddie over here is originally. Were you born in Syria? Yeah. I was born in Syria. Okay. Yes. So they have this zaatar bread. They have like. Um, all this stuff, man, that I've, you know, Lamajun, all this stuff that I love, right? 
and it's made the way they make it is on like a stone and in the morning and mm. everything's fresh stoned in the morning yeah and it's real it's real food you know mm. it's not you know this processed stuff and that's where you know edgar actually taught me what goes into making the real good stuff you know and then when you eat real food you realize okay now this is different because you eat crap and then you eat real food and then you go back and you're like yeah i can taste it Did you hear that mm -hmm. dave mm -hmm. yep you know so One of the... that's do you see what i'm saying yeah, yeah remember when you told me like they used to make it in aleppo and all that yes 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 Pat, well, one of the things that. that I do whenever I try something new when I'm at home is if it's a new cigar to me and like, you know, I, I first light it up and I kind of, you know, it, it hits me a certain way. I take the band off immediately. And then, I mean, sometimes in retail when I'm smoking a cigar, you guys will probably see me. Yeah, and I just, as I draw and I, I just look at it, like without the band on it, I just look at the cigar and I just think about it, you know? It, it sounds kind of weird, but I... I it's almost like the wall cigars for instance like the de-banded cigars like there's no distractions just looking at the leaf and you really can kind of to what Edgar's saying get the experience that it was intended to have just by de-banding it and just looking at it and thinking about the process opposed to whatever top tier brand it is or whatever you know the price point yeah, is or how luxury that brand is appreciating the product it. for what it is yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. right yeah I think one of my favorite things to do is like, you know, if I try a cigar and I'm not liking it, I s I'll like think of the psychology about it of like, why don't I like it? Like, and I'll, I, I never had a cigar that I didn't finish regardless of how I felt about it. And because out of it, number one, out of sheer respect that I can't freaking do, roll a cigar myself. So I'm going to appreciate it. <laughs> um, but I think that's, I think that's a good question for people to ask. Like, why why don't you like it? Like, why is that taste like sending you a bad vibe in the first place? Yeah. You know. Well, that's why I have a problem with a lot of the bloggers because, you know, they say one thing and it's great. It generates publicity and all that. But, you know, as Edgar said, there's a bump. There's an ask for every seat, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, you. Because I'll tell you this too: the first time I ever tried beer, it sucked. Yeah, it's yeah. true. <laughs> you can say the same thing about bourbon too, man. Yes. See, and, and now, 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 now you're a bourbon look at the freak. monster you yes. created. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but it really is like, you know, you have. <laughs> Which I heard that. You, 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 you know, you do this. You 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 try something and you might not like it, and it's it's really an acquired taste. And these bloggers, they say, oh, you should like this or you shouldn't like that. How about saying this? How about saying? I don't like this, but maybe this person would like this. Or mm -hmm. I know someone's made the effort exactly. to make this. And that's why it's important. The market, and this guy might It's like so it. important for, you know, especially me being in the retail business, selling yeah. the cigar, to, to appreciate the cigar and finish it. Because, you know, maybe it's not to my palate, but I'm sure going to be able to sell it to someone where who it is their palate. Well, I'm, I'm a big fan of people just getting rid of all the noise around them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that noise can be multitude of different things. And just think for yourself. Mm -hmm. Literally, just like you said, Edgar. Let 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 yourself uh, uh, understand and and enjoy what you're smoking, what you're drinking, what you're eating. Don't listen to anyone else. Right. Don't compare. You know. Don't yep. don't let anyone influence you. Right. Just sit back, yep. and as Pat says, think about it, ponder it, 
enjoy it. Don't enjoy it if you don't like it. But seriously, just give it give it patience, give it time. And I'll I'll, I'll take it one step further. I'm not going to say the name of the cigar, but uh-huh. it's Pat's pick of the week. I chose it. I smoked it before I came here, and initially I thought it it was unimpressive. But I gave it some more time, and it actually turned out to be a very well, good cigar. We're friends here. We'll well, just, just, <laughs> just are we though? Just, <laughs> just, to your, just to your point as well, uh, Paul, is that you you could smoke that same cigar on a different occasion. Correct. And it becomes different animals. Everything, every, everything mm-hmm. could be environmental too. Are you right. smoking it at a <laughs> relaxing place? Right. You know, are you on your deck? Are you out? What? The, yes. Are you outside? Are you inside? Are you, you know, are you walking it while? Are you oh, sorry? Are you smoking while you're walking your dog? I mean, it, I mean, everything can, can, affect, it can affect. It can affect. It can affect your experience. So <laughs> Im- imagine you are you're at work and you say to yourself, "Okay, Self I'm going to go home." Imagine. After dinner, I'm going to sit on my porch and then smoke a cigar. No matter what you pick for a cigar for that day, okay, it's going to be the best cigar you've ever had because you painted a picture right. that you're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or win- you've won the World Cup on your wedding day. No, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No, it's true. It's, it's right. great. Yeah, this guy, man, he's seen more companies succeed and fail than I would ever want to imagine. Yep, it's scary thinking about everything that Edgar knows. <laughs> it is very scary. scary. <laughs> I, and right. I don't know much. Mm. Um, I'm still learning. That's good. One of the things we like to do on the show is a little would you rather question. Mm. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Ready for a little would you rather yes. question. All right. All right. And uh, then we'll get to the uh, final verdict on the uh, pipe tobacco here. Oh, sorry. Um, would you <laughs> rather, and we'll start with uh, Pat. Ooh, Pat, what day? Pat, would you rather go through life unable to forget anything or go through life unable to remember anything? <laughs> this is the easiest thing you've ever asked, Dan. Yeah. Not forget anything because in my field that would be stellar <laughs> if I could just read a case and remember it. So I yeah, that's hands down. I wouldn't and obviously there's some uh detriments to that, obviously, if there was like some traumatizing experience, oh. but thankfully I haven't had any of those yet. So You will. No, don't worry. <laughs> you're you're still young. Yep. You're still young, Pat. Yep. Plenty of time. Dave, what about you? <laughs> well, Considering I am already one of them, <laughs> I would I would love to be in the other camp and remember stuff. That'd be cool. <laughs> Instead of being a, like a perpetual dory. Yeah. Edgar. There you go, Edgar. Oh. What was the question? I can't remember. Uh, well, um, enjoyed life. Enjoyed. Enjoy uh, life and it's, 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 is that the question? <laughs> Would you rather I, go through life unable to forget anything? I ever I want to to remember. Want to forget everything? <laughs> yeah, well, I can't. I can't forget what I know. Okay, but. Uh, but what if you could? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I want to want to forget all about cigars. Wow. All about it. 
all my experience. I get it. Okay. I you want to forget it. everything? I yes. get it. Yes. Can't mm. enjoy it ever again, right? No. Wow. I because because <laughs> learning it again, it'll be an yes. experience. Hundred mm. percent. Yep. Get rid of the bias. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Start all over. Akil, what about you? That's pretty much where I was going with it, which is, I'd love to, ha you know, rem you know, remember everything and, you know, all that stuff. But there's something about being born again every day, mm -hmm. you know, and understanding life with fresh eyes. That I think there's a beauty in it. And I think, you know, the world, as Oscar Wilde said, what did he say? He said, uh, those whom the gods love grow young, i.e. Mm. you die early, right? So if you can every day be born again mm -hmm. and forget about what happened before, I'm curious. Maybe Hollywood will make a yeah. film about it. I don't know. But, you know, <clears throat> the, the typical answer is, oh, I'd love to remember everything and get better at everything, right? Yeah, that's the... Uh... Didn't they Brown do that with Adam Sandler? But maybe, <laughs> maybe less is more. Maybe less is more. I'm just uh, and I'm a big believer in that. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't take that question as deep as both of you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so now I think I, now I now I think I've changed my answer. Because, oh, you can't do that. Because, Make no, me look no, no, no. Because I was going to say, I would be I, I I would be unable to forget anything. But now. Since you two paved <laughs> the way, <laughs> I would rather I would rather forget and start each day fresh. Right. Well, no, conception. Paul, where did you put that box of cigars? I have no uh, idea, Dan. No <laughs> <laughs> What's your name, by the way? <laughs> start digging. Start digging. Yes. Conceptually, uh, I mean, be honest with you, I, 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 you know, to a point, like I have so many cigars, I don't even know what I have. Sick, the sickness. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's gross. Yep. And and my wife says you are. Maybe we can take advantage of that. Yeah. I know, right? Oh my Since god! Since you don't remember what you have, party at Eggers. Uh, <laughs> oh we god. we did a few months ago. We had a. Uh, what does your wife say? <laughs> we had a, a a pipe show at Twins, and we had this this uh, guy, uh, uh, Kaz Walters. He's the 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 rep for Savinelli and Peterson and <clears> and. Uh, uh, those those pipes were featured in the thing and, and one of the, the customers asked he he and I, you know, how many pipes do you have? And I said, Oh, you know, twenty five, twenty six, something like that, not quite thirty. And he looked at Kaz and he hung his head and said, Two thousand <laughs> everyone kinda of, oh, audibly gasped and he's like just looking at his you know, it's a sickness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can, no, I want to hear. Are about you it. down with it? Yeah. I, mm. Be honest with you. If if I if I say I have twenty thousand cigars, mm -hmm. and that's small number. Is it? <laughs> Ed, let me ask you this. I mean, you, you could smoke eat. one every day, and you're not going to finish it off. For sure. If, if I smoke five a day. I will be smoking until I'm 150 years old. But Ed, can I ask you a question? Five a day. Let me, really? Let Sounds me, like you need help. Yeah. <laughs> let, me say, let me say it this way, right? If you could look at stuff, I'm not talking about practicalities, like you need to remember where your shit is or whatever, but if you could wake up with the cigar thing in particular and say, I don't remember anything about what I smoked. Would you take that deal? I will take that deal. Fuck, really? 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because every time no, you I have to ask a question. Because every time you light up a cigar, reminds it was you a or you learn something about that cigar. Mm-hmm. Again, and then again, it's and true. Then again, it's like having sex for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. Groundhog Day all over again. Yeah. No, but I love. I, I miss the beauty sometimes I mean, of that first wine. Or, yeah, I get it. Okay. I have. But cigar- you can have that. Bit- Based on what he's saying, you can have that experience every day. Every day. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So I yeah. want to forget what I know and light up a cigar and learn about it that same day I'm smoking it. Mm. Okay. Um, I have cigars that it's 30, 30 years old. Good God. 35 years old. That's older than Pat. Yeah. It's older than me, for fuck's sake. Well, <laughs> well, dude, smoke that shit, dude. Nobody else is. Yeah. Pat wasn't even an inch in his daddy's pants when you had that cigar. I have some cigars that I still... I mean, I have boxes of in... since... 90? 91, 92? Jesus, Mother Mary. Yeah. <laughs> You remember them? I do. I still have the boxes. I mean, I could could show you some pictures on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> wow! But uh, I I was I was looking for a box to give away as a fundraiser, and I I was digging, 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 digging. It's like, shit! I have this. I have this. I have this. Not giving that. No, not giving that. No, not giving. Not that. giving that either. No. Oh, let me ask you a question, Edgar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are you waiting for? I I don't know. I, I like. I have five humidors at home, and they're all empty. I. Like, like, they, like, I can't. I can't not smoke what I buy. Like, I can't. I, it's well, the right question. What are you waiting? What are you waiting for? I've always said, Edgar, that uh, people who wait for the zombie apocalypse. Are going to be don't very realize that when the zombie apocalypse comes, there's no time to smoke cigars nope. because no. you got a double tap. Oh, we, we know that. <laughs> I mean, so what are you waiting for? It, I, I don't know, it's sickness. I it's, think we have, to, it's a, it, we it have to have a party. I guess, yes, yes, the not just blowing smoke so party. At the his next house. cigar dinner is at Edgar's yeah, house. Yeah, yep, mm-hmm. that's where we're going. It's a, it's a we're gonna help you. you, you were talk, and, hey, and you were you talking think... about bottomless fries, bottomless cigars. I tell you, you guys, we'll do a dinner, yeah, all right, and if dinner's actually like top notch, good enough, serious dinner. And we'll fill this place, 40 people. Oh, absolutely. I will buy the cigars, okay, from his vintage stash. Okay, <laughs> right. I will fill some payments. All right. All right, and here we, we go. Will... Let's call Tuckaway right now. And another, and we're going to do Tupperware? Tuckaway. Well, I, you know, a lot a lot of people talk about uh, humidors. I'll buy from um, He has humor houses. I turned my basement to my humidor. Mm-hmm. Like... The whole basement in my house <laughs> is a humidor. It's the Edgar Cave. Uh-huh. And and my wife says you are you are sick. <laughs> you should listen to your wife. You Spread should. the disease, okay? <laughs> she says I'm sick, and I can help with this. I yes, we all can help with this. Where are your friends, Edgar? Yes. yes. 
We yeah. can help. We can, we can help. help. We can help. Gotta make an occasion, though, right? We're gonna yeah. help you forget. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, man. All right, we've we've gone a little way, bit over. Long, yeah. <laughs> what we haven't really talked about the pipe tobacco much at all, all, but we've had great discussion. It was here. an odyssey. What's, what's uh, that's you've already said that, Dave. Yes, but you've already admitted <laughs> that you already don't remember anything. What? Um, so let's let's go down and and uh, Dave, what do you think of the uh, tobacco? What did you think of with uh, the uh, <laughs> the uh, quick cheap mojito that we had the second time around? Uh, well, the, the, the mojito was definitely a little bit more leafy. I'm going to have, to, I'm gonna have to brush my teeth. Um, the, what, the second time or the first the time? Second time. The second time. I, I got no leaves in my I actually, well, I, I, I ran out of time and I ran out of ice, so I poured it right into his glass. Yeah. We had like okay, I got four cheated. drinks worth of leaves. I got, in a, I got a garden. Yeah. Uh, no, the Odyssey has been like spectacular. It's developed the... Uh, the Mahirio is really brought Mahirio? out. Mahirio? Mahirio. It's really brought out like the uh, <laughs> the mesquite of the of the uh, Odyssey, and it's mm -hmm. been really good. Very good. Yeah. Pat? I love Latakia blends, so I'm a huge fan of it. Nice leather notes, mm -hmm. good spice, a little bit of sweet, like dried gum, stone fruits on the finish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Paul. yeah, I thought the uh, the Odyssey was really good. The uh, Latakias were definitely up front. The uh, the Virginias were definitely more of the backbone, um, but mm. it, it definitely complemented very, very well. I wish I could say the same thing about the second Mojito, because mojito. It, even though it was decent, it was missing the leaves and a little bit of the flavor. <laughs> Sorry, I got but, them all. But um, overall, I thought it was pretty damn good. Do you think the Mojito went on as well? With the pipe tobacco, no, 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 the cigar no, was, the cigar was, was, was sublime. Yeah. It was sublime with yeah. the cigar. We should have had the cigar. Uh, I thought it was just okay with this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. And, and, and we, needed, we needed, they needed the 1792. Yes, to have. Yeah, the so. 1792 would have gone better with this. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, just ditto what everybody Woo! else has said. It, you know, great tobacco, Hallelujah. loved it. Um, this would go great with certain kinds of rum. I would go with Akeels, you know, darker, spicier rums. I think that mm. would complement the Virginias, I think, a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I have a good joke. Oh, yeah. you joke. have a joke? Yep. It's actually a true story. Oh, oh those are the best kind of jokes. jokes. Yeah. Dark and spicy, yeah? I was in Vegas. Oh. Yeah. Right? Oh, well, can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened what in Vegas? In Vegas. <laughs> I want to tell you what happened in Vegas. A big customer, um, unfortunately. And um, we're in the queue, you know, hungover, all the rest of it, with, mm -hmm. at the Starbucks. And uh, I'm buying this man a coffee because he's about to write me a $20,000 order or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> here, so, have a coffee. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and um, he's a good guy, actually. Mm. I like him a lot. And then my my rep, you know who this is, don't say. Um, he turns up and he's behind us in the queue. And he said, I want a coffee too. I want a coffee too. So, right, all right, what do you want? And he tells the, bar he tells the barista, he says... I like my coffee like I like my women. And she said, oh, black, you mean black, yeah? And she rolls her eyes. And he said, no, without a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it wasn't him. It wasn't him. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't want no bloody uh, winger. And we've God. gone back to the Bob is Bobby now thing. <laughs> so I like dark it's and spicy. Spot dark and spicy. Yeah. Without penis. Now, uh, <laughs> next Monday on Not Just Boy Smoke, we're going to have uh, a couple of guys from the 603 Brewery Company on the show. Oh, God, yes. And we're going to be, uh, you know, normally we come up with a cigar and pipe pairing and that's all done before the show on this show um we're throwing it all to the wind we've presented the the cigars to the 603 guys and they're going to come with a selection of beer and we're going to try different beers with the cigar and the pipe tobacco and decide which beer pairs wet best Wet, with wet best with the uh with the uh, cigar the cigar is going to that be sounds like a horrible idea. Uh, perdomo reserve 10th anniversary churchill because we might be drinking three different beers yes uh, with it and then uh cornell and deals carolina red flake oh. perique mm. is going to be the pipe tobacco it's going to be a fantastic show you're not going to want to miss it but akil Thank you so much for being with us tonight. No, mate. Thank this you, guys. You guys totally are awesome. You, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. What a great Eddie. night. We'll hope you come back. To yeah. We'd love to. We'd love to have you back on the show. Oh, we'd yes. love to do a dinner here with you. you. That would be fantastic. Yes. I think. Yeah. You know with what? Edgar's cigars. If yeah. we do, if we do a dinner here, I will guarantee, I will purchase two of his vintage boxes. Do fifty people special. I'll find give them away. You know what? Because. I believe in life, the beauty of life, and we're going to give people an experience. And we want to help Edgar. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. This guy needs no help. Trust me. <laughs> this guy can help me. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it like that. All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us tonight, and we hope you join us next week. Until then, thank you, and that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at notjustblowingsmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top